Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. The papers do talk of uh, orange and yellow warnings. We've got a yellow one. Um, I would say that there are very dangerous conditions on the road this morning. Persistent rain set to continue for a lot of today. And the weather alerts there are hopefully uh, to help us. Uh, the mail and the red tops talk of weather and they say that things can only get wetter. You know the song, things can only get better. Well, wetter is the headline making the sun this morning uh, set to be dry drenched today. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't see drenching for us tomorrow, but maybe the red tops more than no more than I do. But you know the issue regarding uh, Middleton and uh, other areas, not just exclusively Middleton, but Middleton was the epicentre of it. It was absolutely biblical, uh, the amount of water and the speed and the pace at which it was travelling. Uh, flash floods. So that's a story uh, that's been updated very much over the over the weekend. I hope to talk with Simon Coveney around about a quarter to midday because they really have, quarter to ten I should say, they really have been burning the midnight oil. Uh, give credit where it's due and because it looks as if um, if there had been a ceiling of about 40 grand for businesses, it could now be 70 grand for businesses hit by the floods. So both the Irish Times and the Examiner say 70 grand for businesses hit by the floods. The Irish Times this morning says same thing, this flood relief payment could well be increased. Um, and the Irish Times this morning says the, the other emergency scheme incidentally, the one for householders that's got 10 million in it and that's being administered by the Red Cross and that's already in operation uh, but it's expected the Cabinet might also increase the, max, the maximum payable under that fund as well. So there are a couple of the questions I'll be asking Simon Coveney maybe to drill into and explain a little bit more and increase to both funds and indeed with regards to them when will money begin to roll into people's bank accounts so they can get their businesses open again. We have uh, more uh, audio from y'all over the weekend. I won't say much about it now but the generosity and the public reaction from Middleton and beyond has been incredible. Uh, the amount of people that put their shoulder to the wheel and got involved right up to big huge businesses the likes of Tesco and others who have given arctic loads of food and toiletries and, um, you know, all sorts of things that will be needed by not just the um, the businesses, but indeed those um, who really have had the downstairs of their homes, front and back gardens and places like that, absolutely wiped out. James O'Connor this morning and David Stanton are quoted, one from Fianna Fáil, one from Fianna Gael in the Irish Times. They're saying that they could estimate that up to 600 homes and businesses have been badly damaged by the flooding, mostly in Middleton. But as they say, I mean, we were talking with people in Mogili and Killa and, and, and areas like um, uh, Cloyne and areas like that. Um, so James O'Connor told the Irish Times that the overall cost of the flooding could actually reach 100 
million euro. Um, but you know, um, also Glanmire got a, a bad battering, and you know of. Uh, the um, re- really kind gesture from uh, Sarsfields um, a club who opened their, their gates to uh, take in water that otherwise would have decimated some of the homes down in Glanmire. Silver lining is the story that makes the examiner this morning because um, now um, they've got even more to celebrate on the pitch that is. Um, and there's a great photograph of players running onto the pitch uh, to embrace and to congratulate their teammates because they um, were victorious in the Cork Senior Camogie Championship final against Shandoon at the weekend. So that's a bit of a silver lining, as they say, for um, Glanmire and Sars Club. And there's, a, a, I think it's probably an exclusive in the front page of the Examiner today, where Ukrainians newly arriving into Ireland will find things very different different to as has been heretofore with the other 98 or 99,000 that have already arrived because they'll be on a time limit, apparently. The examiner this morning says the Ukrainians newly arrived into Ireland could be offered state accommodation for just three months and then they'll have to find their own place. Uh, so this is a major change in government policy. They'll have to find their own accommodation in the private rental sector or take a property pledged through the offer a home scheme. Um, but three months uh, and then everything will change. And they're also working uh, on when the changes will kick in. Now, these changes will not apply to anybody that's here already, but apply to new arrivals from a certain date. Because Ireland's offering and the way we deal with the Ukrainian war crisis is very different to a lot of other European countries. Like, uh, say, for instance, if you if you look at Poland, um, those who go into Poland uh, have uh, spent 120 days provided accommodation, but they have to pay 50% of the cost. And that rises to 75% of the cost that has to be paid by the refu- Ukrainian refugees themselves after 180 days. So the government also is looking at um, reducing social welfare payments to Ukrainians. So the big changes in that regard, because um, it, as they're quoted in the papers this morning, I was trying to make this point to Michal Martin, it's simply not sustainable in the future with more and more continuing to rise and the cost of the state accommodation alone is one and a half billion a year before you put on all of the different welfare payments and health payments because of, say, for instance, medical cards and things like that. So that's a very interesting change. It makes the front of the examiner today. Meanwhile, of the 126 latest Garda Training College graduates that came out of Templemore, how many did Anglesey Street get? One. Just the one. Um, which is shocking, really, for the second city and the main Garda station uh, on Leaside. Mind you, you, you see the work that Gardy do. Um, they have charged a man now after a baby spent 10 hours alone in the car late at night and into the early hours of the morning. This infant, it's a story that's making the mirror today, only 10 months old, was left to fend for herself in the middle of the night. Somebody walked into a guard station at 2 o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning, and reported that a baby girl was alone in a car parked somewhere in North Dublin. Within two hours... And Garda Shikona had found the car, found and rescued the baby, brought the baby to safety. And a man is now charged over the incident and expected to appear at Dublin District Court today. Isn't it an insane story? And the saddest of stories for an Irish woman makes the front of many of the red tops today. And it is the killing of Denise Morgan, killed by a man known to her, according to this morning's red tops um, and her family have released, or at least a family member 
have released a statement online saying that their world is broken and they're absolutely crushed. Denise Morgan was 39 years old from County Louth. She was shot dead in her apartment by a man known to her. The man, and believed to be American, then turned the gun on himself. They call it murder-suicide. And the family said, in the blink of an eyelid, our world is broken and we're absolutely crushed. The son this morning goes into a little bit more detail because they say that Denise was gunned down by her boyfriend in the tragic stateside murder-suicide. And that's a story that makes all of the front pages of the Red Tops today. Um, Hacking makes the papers, scamming makes the papers. The big development now with regards to hacking involves AI because artificial intelligence can even write the programs to allow people to hack in to big business. But there's another example of of hacking in this morning's front page of The Independent and it's the driving licence, the registration certs and the card payment details, over half a million documents um, because it's connected to thousands of motorists who had their vehicles towed on behalf of the Gardaí and then had their red cert details, uh, their card payment details to get the car back all leaked, or should I say hacked online. Uh, So that's another big data breach uh, and it makes the front page of the Independent today. Um, There there seems to be continual, almost hourly updates with regards to the Israeli um, um, conflict involving um, Hamas and the Gaza Strip front and inside pages and of course uh, President Michael D. Higgins is front and centre in this now. He's not a man to have ever held back on his thoughts or his opinions on anything but much to the ire of the Israeli ambassador to Ireland, Dana Elric uh, she has um, criticised Uh, Michael D. over his inflammatory remarks uh, that he is engaging in misinformation um, and the story makes uh, President now under renewed pressure as the ambassador hits out. But mind you, some people are circling the wagons around Michael D. Higgins and somewhat critical of Dana Ehrlich's comments, but I hope to talk with the Israeli ambassador to Ireland a little later on this morning. But in other news, there is sad news to report another great gone Bobby Charlton at the weekend died at the age of 86 the former Manchester United star brother of another great star uh, Jackie Charlton who managed the Irish national side so the two brothers have now passed away and of course both of them and Bobby Charlton passing away at the weekend was another member of the 1966 World Cup final team that beat Germany in the World Cup finals. Uh, and I was chatting with Kevin this morning and we're of the opinion, open to correction, but I think we're right, that Jeff Hurst is now the only player left from the 1966 World Cup winning English team that defeated Germany. Jeff Hurst is the only man left. Graham Norton has apologised, I suppose, on behalf of the contestant, Zoe, um, for the nasty things she said about Formoy, um on last Friday week's programme. So I've got some audio on that from the Norton show at the weekend when he kind of apologised. Apologised, but I suppose in typical Graham Norton style, still managed to have a, a bit of a bit of a bit of a laugh and make a joke of it. But it's an apology nonetheless. So we hopefully have more on that. Uh, talking about across the water, I don't know how much you've ever paid for a sandwich. A supermarket sandwich. I mean, Harrods is a, is, a, is, a, is a shop at the end of the day and it has a supermarket in it and it has a restaurant in it. But would you pay €28 Euro for a steak sandwich? Well, that's what they're charging in Harrods and customers are aghast. I don't think you should be aghast if you go into Harrods. Nothing's cheap in there. So it's not as if you're going to pay the same price as you might pay in your local Maxall. 
for a 450 or a 4 euro uh, ham salad sandwich but by all accounts this latest steak sarnie is filled with luxury ingredients including wagyu beef tried it once it's alright I mean I don't think it's worth the huge price people pay for it porcini and truffle butter and gold mustard mayo you're probably paying for the colour of the mayo but it costs nearly five times the price of a cheese and pickled baguette that Pret is selling um, and recently got into an awful lot of grief for. So Pret got into grief uh, for a 7 euro or £7.15 cheese and pickle baguette how will people react to Harrods 28 pound which is probably about 35 euro although the way that they make the conversions from sterling into euro in Ireland these days leaves a lot to be desired that's a story that makes the papers also with regards to the cost of a sandwich in Harrods text 0868104106 just can I update very briefly uh, on some of the traffic issues that have been coming in to breakfast this morning uh, and I was just coming into work this morning quite early and it was quite dark but there's still a lot of traffic early in the morning and as you come along the South Ring Road there is some trapped water and there is pooling and it's quite deep and for about three it seemed like three minutes but I think it was maybe three seconds I had absolutely zero visibility and if you were to panic at all when you hit this pooling of water and it's quite deep in areas of the South Ring particularly on the higher ground as you're going over the flyovers for some reason you lose total visibility and if somebody panicked they could very quickly stray from lane to lane and that's kind of scary uh, particularly when it's pitch dark uh, so some of the issues involve the back road from Ballygarvan to Toker, that's flooded, there's heavy surface water on the dual carriageways, McCroom to the South Ring as well a um, lot of traffic problems this morning and probably still are, I know that there was serious flooding in Cargilline overnight flooding again in Glanmire at the new line um, others are reporting Claro Church and Healy's Bridge flooded Photo Road flooded lots of surface water on the western Road. I see this from the notes from breakfast this morning. Uh, let people know that there's major flooding around the North Point Business Park in Blackpool. Pretty much impassable early this morning. Also from Moy to Rathcormac passable but flooded. So take care there. The N25 off to Carrick Tool. Roads very flooded as well. Out around Claro and Tower from the anglers in that area very dangerous pretty much impassable people were saying and then Ballyhooley and Castletown Roach that's just some of them you get the idea it's um, it's uh, it's dangerous out there with regards to road surfaces so proceed with caution get it off your chest call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 104 106 Red FM uh, spent much of the weekend down in Middleton and its surrounds um, and joins me in studio I know you've got uh, an excellent report here from events down in Middleton over the weekend so thank you for that but what is absolutely striking is the generosity and support and the willingness of people to help right yes it's a real it, it really shows humanity and community coming together to help community um, I was in the Middleton hub over the weekend and that's become an accidental hub for um helping the the community it started off with uh, Bunny O'Reardon on Wednesday when he was inside in La Trattoria uh, restaurant and the flood he tells that story at lunchtime having his lunch uh, I know Um, and there's other audio as well from others but where are we at with regards I know you put together an excellent list of businesses in Ferriston have begun to reopen already yes Um, now I put out a call on social media last night for businesses that were devastated by the floods and who are back up open. Um, now, this is 
by no may no up to names, date yeah. uh, least an, an extensive list but there's 28 of them that have opened up Does it surprise you seeing as you went into many of them um, say for instance Thursday and Friday and yet they managed to get open in spite of all of the damage that was done and stock as well It's unreal unreal like they, they they did it in 2015 when it wasn't as bad and like this is 10 times worse than 2015 and they're back up on their feet and and they're 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 back out there um like you've literatoria restaurant i was talking to linda there was a hundred thousand euros worth of damage done there Twenty thousand of that was um stock it was food she's back up open eight o'clock this morning limited menu um you've You've got... Uh, Messy Buns, O'Brien's Interior, C.F. Lennox's, the Maple Leaf Bar, Leonardo's, Bite Size, um, the, the Chemist's Robin, Jasmine, the Butcher's are open, uh, the Wheel Bar, Lots and Boots, Pharmacy, Middleton Books, a lot of pharmacies reopened, the bookshop opened, um, Trattoria, as you say, O'Regan's Tires, the Pizzeria on Main Street, the Vet Clinic, Lloyd's Pharmacy, or Farrell's Butch, Gloria Jeans. Um, it's, it's just amazing that they've managed to get open so quickly. Are you expecting more to open in the coming days? Yes, because you see, what has happened is... Um, a lot of people uh, that haven't been affected themselves, they're walking up and down the main street, they're knocking on business doors, do you need help? Yeah, and the skips everywhere, isn't there? Where the do they all come from, all those skips? Well, some of those were provided by the council, others, uh, they basically had to get them themselves. Okay. Um, you've got places like Tesco have uh, donated... Uh, Arctic, uh, Arctic so I saw, I saw the, some video footage of that um, over the weekend. Tesco and Lidl and literally like just pallets and pallets and pallets and then they're bagging them aren't they uh, down there the volunteers yes uh, in the in the Middleton hub there is there is a gang of volunteers there I brought uh, my own daughter there yesterday with her friend to help bag up the, the stuff <laughs> well done um, well done so like there, there's water there's tea bags there's cake there's uh, pot noodles um, cleaning a- products cleaning products yeah. there's lot you need lots of bleach lots of dental lots of parasol Yes, like Lidl on uh, Saturday night delivered an Arctic um, about eight o'clock Saturday night, and on board was all the the bleaches you you you'd need. There's uh, shovels, there were mops, um, there was water, Brilliant. there was Coca Cola, and then Tesco earlier in the day did something similar and unprompted the, gestures. Unprompted gestures. Um, Members just, of the public doing likewise. Yes. Yes, like I, I went into the co-op uh, on Saturday myself and I kind of nabbled quite a lot of stuff at, at cost. You got a bargain. You you haggled for a deal on Well, you know how, much, how much for cash, Neil? How much for cash? <laughs> uh, but like everybody's uh, rallying around and uh, I won't be surprised if that list kind of doubles over, over the next few days. One little change to it though, unfortunately, I just saw a tractoria there in Middleton saying, uh, unfortunately, during the night, some major equipment went down. Uh, we're devastated this morning. We won't be uh, open today and hope to get it sorted quickly. Check later for updates. So they're endeavouring to get it yes. sorted. They really are, you know, making the best efforts they can. So it might well be tomorrow. You know, there'll be a lot of electrical issues that need to be checked and rechecked and treble checked. So we'll have a listen to the audio. Will we? What have you got? 
got for us here? This is uh, from the, the hub yesterday. This is from the hub yesterday. Oh well, Saturday night with the uh, with little arriving, and it's a it's a chat with uh, Bunny O'Reardon on how the whole thing developed and how he became the centre of the um, the, the, of uh, the the effort. I was walking in home the other day after coming out of La Trattoria and I'm walking up nice. to the door of my own apartment and the whole thing is just beginning at that point, the serious stuff is just beginning. And I'm skipping by the puddles to try to get in home so I don't damage me new shoes. And I met friends working in the NCIB and are crying. And I didn't realise the, the, the magnitude of what was unfolding. And then I saw Lisa and the girls over in Monty's Cafe and they're flooded at this point. And that's only as it just began to commence. And I just walked over, I just went straight in, and we, we did everything we could to prevent Monty's from getting flooded. And within half an hour, it was up. I was probably four feet deep in water. And just, and that's all we did, was just up and down the street, from my place to the baby walk, just helping people who were stuck, and, and we, we conceded we could do no more Monty's. And I suppose maybe another hour, I suppose, two hours in the water altogether. And we were just helping people up and down to visit. Well, what was going through your mind when all this was kicking off? Personally, I'm very good in crisis at that moment. I'm very focused. Hi, so what David was going through my mind was yeah, okay, I saw yeah. a friend of mine, I saw Lisa, really upset. I'm watching the heartbreak. That's what actually was going on for me. I'm watching people who've been just recovering from other elements, from COVID, from, from so many different things that have been happening in our community, in our country. And, and but I'm watching Lisa because I know the love she has for her cafe. And that's what got me. It was heartbreaking. Well, I was going through my, let's do the best we can. Let's really give the best shot we can give it here. And we could do no more. And then at that point, it was... We locked the doors in Manti's for them, got all the, the cloths out. I actually went in to go on my own. <laughs> Duvet covers, blankets, towels, anything I could lay my hands on at home, ran back to Manti's. I said, we can plug all everything that, that, around the edges of the door frames. And I'm sure we couldn't in the end. But when we got the door closed, at least we know that was secure for them. She had peace of mind. And then I just stayed for another hour and a half in the water, just up and down, helping people. That was it, just seeing where we could do the next right thing. And all that, I forgot about my own motorbike. My own motorbike was swallowed up by the water. And, 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 and that, that was, and I'm very, even I love it. I really love it. But I'm very philosophical about this stuff. So you're Shanks Mayor at the moment, are you? Yeah, and my car's up, my brother's getting repairs done. <laughs> so, but the lovely thing was, now I started watching community. I went in home, my own apartment where I'm living, the ground floor, the access hall, but it was all half a metre of water so I just went upstairs I saw in the piece I heard there was people with boats outside taking people out of apartments if they wanted to go and I rang Peter I said come here I might go up he invited me up to his house and he said he'd come down for me and then the guards stopped people um, because they said it was unsafe and he said you know you alright I said I'm grand I said I have a bag of oranges and I have a block of cheese in the fridge I said I'm grand we get through tonight and then the following morning, it was fine. So Pete called up to my apartment. Happened Wednesday, did it happen Wednesday? Wednesday, yes. He called to my apartment at uh, 9 o'clock, half 9, Thursday morning. And he'd been here, I hadn't even seen this. And he said, we're fairly damaged over, you know. So we came over and uh, we walked in the door. 
saw the condition of it and we looked at each other and I said, Pete, you and me again, bye. And we started going at the floors, taking out the mats. All the rugs, there they are, look, from the, from the therapy suites. There are all the rugs there. And I'd say about 15 minutes into it, knocks on the door. Can we help? Can we help? Can we help? And we were inundated with people. You see from the videos, I, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos on our page. Have a look at the videos. People coming in, what can we do? And all of a sudden, there was 20 people. And to the point where we managed, we got all the floors out, all the new floors. We opened in August. We finished the construction of the ground floor in August. Beautiful floor, beautiful paint floor, beautiful everything. Two months later, we're, we're taking them all up. But we're quite philosophical about stuff like that. We said, okay, we can do this. We got to Connor, a friend. He started searching for dehumidifiers. He located, he drove to a deer tool hire and got a dehumidifier and a floor polisher for us so that meant we were focused here we knew that was coming mm. <clears throat> we were open at 3 o'clock on, on Thursday afternoon and we facilitated a group that we do normally on Thursday still went ahead we did it and then it gained momentum we said look we're open if anyone wants to do they stop drop stuff here as a collection point and bang and it's just escalated from there and you've got donations from where? I had a man ring me today from Dublin, a carpenter. He said, I'm leaving Dublin Sunday night, can I do anything down there? I said, we need a few jobs done here immediately so we can do um, move forward internally with what we, our plans are in the immediate future. So he's coming down. We've had people who support us in Dublin again. He said, we're going to start a bit of fundraising for you up here. Um, one of those people had been down here, he's a carpenter, and he was doing some work in here a few months ago. We've had people from Limerick, we've had people from all over the country really really support us people we met last year in the Cuddle Run uh, different groups different agencies we met all contacting us and then we've had Tesco contacted us yesterday and I'd like to acknowledge one thing we've experienced from what was an extreme occurrence that nobody could have controlled really I don't we're not here to blame anybody, we're not here, we just want to do what we do. But we watched humanity and we watched community and we watched so many wonderful people coming together. And we've just experienced this in the last 48 hours. And people keep drawing and drawing and drawing good stuff. And they're offering their time, they're offering goods, they're offering services, and they just keep appearing, you know? We've had... In the last 24 hours, Tesco have been in touch with us, the big names. And I'll tell you something, Merlotten. What an association. What an association that they've done. They stand up, they said, what do you want? What do you want? And you have little notes tonight as well, with a big Arctic coming as well. Tesco sent an Arctic here this morning. Three of their managers were here. They were, we had them, we gave them high visits and they were actually controlling traffic as well. What, what amazing bunch of people, right? We've had little come in, what can we do? They're sending an Arctic. We're 8, 8 p.m. now. Arctic is due at 8.30. Um, we had people like you, Seamus, really important because everybody that came that got involved, you rang me this morning, what you need? You know, you went, you brought the stuff that we requested and you brought it, you appeared yourself. You rolled up your sleeves, you dug in and you're here again tonight to dig in. And we really appreciate that. This is what we're experiencing. And when you're redistributing all this water, all these cleaning products and food... What are you seeing when you're going out there? How bad did things get? Well, 
I'm not going. I haven't left base. I'm staying at base. But I'm getting all the stories back from the lads. I'm getting all the different people that are giving back the stories about the, the destitution that people have feel, brokenheartedness, sadness, grief, loss. And I'm not even talking about financial stuff yet. Mm. I'm talking about people haven't even processed that. I've heard of people sitting on their couch in their house that has been flooded and they don't know what to do. So what's happening is teams are gathering, teams are going out actively, going to houses, but there's still some houses we're finding that no one's called to them. So some of our volunteers today, do you know what they've done, right? So there's been groups coming from housing estates, uh, taking whatever products that we, we can offer. They've been doing that, okay? But one of our, a couple of our group members, um, volunteers today, said, how about we load up the cars and we go into the estates and we start knocking door to door? And that's what they did. They came back, they said, that's working brilliantly. I said, load up, keep going, if you're okay with that. They kept going. They went up four or five times loads. And they said, people are astounded by someone that's knocking on their door saying, here, we have stuff to help you. And they're just blown away. There's some organised groups, there's a lot of organised groups, but there's a lot of people that have slipped through the net. Yeah. And we're seeing the benefit that they're getting. It's, it's what is it to community? I think really and truly, it's the one thing that's shining out all the time here. Community, community, community. People rallying to support each other. Community coming together. I'm telling you, like, I'm just, we're just blown away. You know, we've had, there was a car passed here today. There was a lady called one of our groups and handed a bag of stuff to donate right into, you know. So all of us, we're getting it in so many, so many different areas, you know, and we value it. The people value it. The people are blown away. It's not that we're blown away. The people that are getting it on the receiving end of this bit of support are just blown away, you know. We're standing here. We've had no one from any official organisation come and talk to us. Not one person has come. That's sad, isn't it? But I'm going to say one, about one, one, one local councillor, and I have to say, she has, other than, the only time she's left the building here is to go out with stuff to other people. She's not looking for a pat on the back. And I, I'm going to say, Daniel Toomey. And she's the most amazing. Yeah, I've heard that she, and I've seen the amount of work that she's Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Hands on, roll up her sleeves, got on. And that's what She's you want it. in a councillor, isn't it? It's brilliant. So, but other than that, I'm, 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 th- that's the only thing, because as far as I'm concerned, she's one of us in, in our attitude. Yeah. And it's the attitude of, lads, we're not up the street, we're not doing anything. We've had no visit from anybody else. But I'm just saying that, really, you know, it's important to know it's significant people that have come, rolled up their sleeves and just got on with it. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. We've already distributed today from here two Arctic loads of supplies and we've a third Arctic load now today. And how far is all that supply going? How far it's going does as far as Kila, it's going out through. It's anywhere that's making a request. We've got guys, we, we have crates Sorry. and crates of water. And, and with the water, we've had another lad said, how about we, if we load up the vans, we take them to the, the estates, the housing estates, mm-hmm. drop them at points. And then what's happening is that's been shared on the Facebook pages around that estate. So people know, now there's clean water there. Take it. Mm-hmm. Because quite a lot of areas are on boiled water notices now, aren't they? Absolutely. I know the white um, water scheme is on a boiled water. We've had sewage water, we've had people, but what, what, even whatever about the boiled water. 
We've had raw sewage floating around into people's homes. The health hazards that are there until they're treated and until they're cleared out, until the bacteria, the antibacterial stuff goes into place. Do you know? So people are living in very unhygienic environments at the moment where they are living in these areas. So until until the, 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 the actual cleaning is done, when the stuff has gone out, they're treated, they're, and now the drying process can begin. And only now can the drying process begin. So at least when the chaos of people's homes is in hand, and I think that's what I'm seeing, to everybody that's gone out cleaning houses, tearing houses apart, whatever, they're making it somewhat habitable again. The chaos is going. Do you know, we've had people coming in here today. We've encouraged people to come in. Not only are we doing this, we have quiet space inside where people are coming to have a cup of coffee. We're inviting people in for a cup of coffee. Why? Because it gets them out of their own place. Yeah. You know, and it's wonderful. We and we're still doing some of the stuff. I don't know, you were here earlier on, I think, when, when Steve, you know, you've been watching the story about Steve. We had planned on doing um, pumpkin carving with Steve yeah. uh, today, and he texted me yesterday. I knew he had 10 pumpkins already carved. I knew he had bought 20, and I knew other people had bought it. Yeah. And I knew there was kids getting ready to come in. And he texted me yesterday, and he said, I suppose we're not going ahead with the pumpkin. I said, we are indeed. Yeah, you need to give some normality and he to the came today. Kids, yeah. There was 12 kids inside there today with Steve carving pumpkins. And I tell you something, in sheer chaos. And these guys, brilliant. Why? It was a normality of sorts. We've had wonderful experiences in negative times. It's a negative time in lots of areas. When you see the power of community shining through. Absolutely. That's um, from the weekend where Seamus caught up with Bonnie O'Reardon, the coordinator, and all of this is happening out of the Middleton hub itself. Um, the amount of water there, literally bottles and bottles and bottles and bottles of it. You've never seen so much water. One of the points he was making, of course, is the problem with sewage water and the health hazard of sewage water, particularly not just businesses, but I suppose more importantly, people's homes. The downstairs of people's homes absolutely decimated. Sewage water has come in, and I saw a GP online at the weekend, a Cork GP, warning people uh, of the different illnesses and issues that that can re- re- result in gastrointestinal stuff with regards to um, being in and around uh, sewage water. He was somewhat critical as well of many public officials who were absent but did hone in on some who did roll their sleeves up, including the councillor Daniel Toomey. I have a lot of texts actually uh, from over the weekend from people who were passing on thank yous to those and asking for shout outs for people uh, who did go the extra mile. So we'll come back to that and lots more besides after the break. Talk to Neil Prendeville now, 0818 Cork's Red FM. Certainly over the weekend, we did see the community shining through all of the people who came and helped and offered and asked, what can we do? Uh, Tesco and Lidl were front and centre with these arctic loads of aid, of course, unprompted. It was wonderful to see. Um, now, I know that the midnight oil was burnt last night by both uh, the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, and indeed our own Simon Coveney, uh, the Minister for uh, Trade, trying to work out some way to improve the aid package to businesses and perhaps also uh, to homeowners. Simon Coveney joins me by phone. Simon, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Uh, This is so serious that you're acting as quickly as you can. Uh, Can you bring us up to date? Because certainly the earlier numbers that we'd have been hearing about the back end of last week seem to have been increased now, particularly for businesses. Am I right? 
Yeah, so look, I mean, first of all, can I say um, the the community spirit that we've seen in, in Middleton over the last couple of days has just been been extraordinary uh, in terms of how uh, the clubs, the rugby club, the GA club, the, um, the schools in Middleton, they've all rode in and helped businesses and homeowners. It's, it's really been uh, an extraordinary sort of scene of solidarity, even though so many business and homeowners have been devastated by what happened last week. Um, so, I mean, the government is going to respond in a major way this week. Uh, we're already responding. I spoke to Heather Humphreys this morning. I know that there's been over 100 payments made to uh, to uh, to individuals in uh, whose homes have been very badly flooded uh, uh, through the community welfare officer system, and that's a very flexible system to support people um, uh, financially uh, uh, to help them get back up on their feet. And while they sort of live through this emergency, many of them, some of them living in hotel rooms uh, while their homes get um, get repaired. And then for businesses, so money has hit their bank accounts already for homeowners. You're saying different yeah, amounts so of money or, or what? Yeah, no, it'll be different. So every circumstance is different, um, you know. And I, I met some of the some of the homeowners uh, just off the main street in Middleton on you know on Thursday evening, and I mean, like some of them had literally four feet of water in their in their downstairs um, uh, kitchens, living rooms, you know, completely destroyed furniture. Um, white goods, TVs, you know, it's, it's devastating. One woman who just bought her home, uh, um, uh, her dog drowned in the flood. Oh, no. Um, like very, very traumatic oh, stuff. No. And so, so that's why the community welfare office, officer system is there. That's why we have, um, flexibility to be able to make payments. Um, um, there's no, particular ceiling and um, this is this is up to the community welfare officer to decide mm. uh, how they can best support but it's at a cap of 10 million is it is is it still yeah well look i mean there aren't any caps really uh, on this i mean we're responding as the need okay. develops okay. um and so what um obviously an awful lot of businesses in middleton have been devastated as well I mean, virtually every business in, in middleton was was flooded to to some degree and indeed other towns uh, had uh, had significant damage as well glanmire carrigaline killer um so you know i was speaking to to valerie sullivan from from cork county council this morning and they're preparing a um, um, a, a report as well, which we'll obviously bring to government tomorrow too. So, so there's a lot of work going on over the weekend. Uh, but the bottom line is, I think what most businesses will want to know this morning is what level of financial support is going to be there for them. Um, and um, I'll be bringing uh, a proposal to government tomorrow, which I expect I'll get support for because I've spoken to both the Taoiseach and the Tanishta, uh over the weekend uh, uh, as late as late last night, and uh, we will be. You know, significantly upgrading the financial supports that would normally be available in the aftermath of 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 a flood. So, you know, a number of years ago, actually, I happen to be the minister that did it, but a number of years ago, um, we agreed a system with the Red Cross that uh, in the aftermath of flooding, they could give payments very quickly of up to five thousand euros. Um, and then on the back of an assessment to top that up to €20,000 to help businesses get back up on their feet after flooding. Clearly, that those thresholds are not going to be enough for what we've seen in Middleton. Uh, and so we will be uh, increasing them significantly. Well, is there tomorrow. speculation on behalf of the, the newspapers this morning saying that it could be upwards of 70000 for businesses? 
yeah i i think that's that's likely i mean my job obviously is to is to is to get this across the line tomorrow but i think i'll have some uh, you know i mean people like mike mcgrath michael martin the the Taoiseach, uh, and others uh, uh, you know patrick o'donovan like they've all been there mm-hmm. and they're supportive of of a of a generous package to get money to businesses quickly because we're very conscious that this this time of year is is crucial for so many trading businesses and retailers in the build up to Christmas. Many of them would have already had their their Christmas stocks purchased and they've lost um, huge volumes of stock to the flood. Um, um, so, so I think we need to be generous. I mean, obviously there has to be some limits, but um, but we will we'll go way beyond what was previously there. Um, but what I'd like to do is effectively have the the original scheme that people will be familiar with and we can apply that scheme to to other towns in cork that have been hit but not hit like like middleton was and then we will uh, we will have a an enhanced scheme i understand uh, yeah. which will have much higher thresholds so the original one was 5000 straight away and then up to 20000 but for businesses right. very badly maybe the epicenter of middleton itself upwards of 70000 perhaps if needed yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and and a higher initial payment as well. Up, you know, up to we think about about ten thousand euros. But then, but then to be topped up with a with a more substantial payment on the back of a full assessment and audit. By the way, so, yeah. Um, um, I mean that's. I mean that that's that's a given. And and businesses understand that. I mean, I've spent some time speaking to them. But, but even if there is a, a, some kind of an audit or proof that it's needed to be done, that would even have to happen quickly, wouldn't it? Because they, yeah. like 28 or 30 have, have reopened, in fairness to them. But James O'Connor is saying this morning, uh, Fianna Fáil, East Cork, councillor, 600 homes and businesses have been badly damaged. And he's putting the figure of damage by flooding to over 100 million euro. Look, I mean, I think, you know, it's probably not easy to be accurate in terms of what the total figure is going to be. What businesses need to know is what's available to them individually. Uh, and they'll know that uh, by tomorrow lunchtime after the cabinet meeting. Uh, and my job is to put a scheme together that can be implemented quickly, that can get, you know, significant money to businesses uh, quickly. Uh, and, you know, I, I met with the Red Cross and the new CEO on Friday, uh, and she assures me that they have teams of assessors ready to go um, so that we can get this initial payment out hopefully by the end of this week uh, and then with the, with the top up uh, substantial payment to support businesses on the back of an assessment just like a business would have an assur- you know, insurance assessor to come and look at the damage uh, the Red Cross will be doing that we'll be supporting them in that uh, if they need extra assessors um, and we'll try to get that done as quickly as we can so that businesses can get back up on their feet. As yeah. as they okay. can. And then, of course, uh, we must make sure that this never happens again. Uh, all these years later, like eight years later, and nothing's been done. Planning hasn't even been lodged for some kind of a flood relief scheme for the area, right? It's just caught up in red, well, red tape. Well, it's not true to say nothing's been done. I mean, over a million euros has been spent to date identifying flood risks uh, and looking at you know, minor works schemes in Middleton in relation to flooding, but but the major scheme hasn't been done yet. Uh, we hope to uh, to bring that to planning in the first quarter of next year. Um, and uh, speaking to Cork County Council, we want to look at what we can do in the immediate term uh, to try to protect businesses more effect- effectively. But ultimately, we need to do in Middleton what's been done in places like Mallow and Formoy and Bandon uh, and Skibbereen uh, and Clonakilty, where significant flood infrastructure has been put in place and as a result we're not talking about devastating floods 
in those towns now uh, because the flood relief works have worked. Yeah. But they cost tens of millions of euros in many cases. Uh, we're going to commit that, of course, to Middleton. And, you know, it can't happen fast enough as far as I'm concerned. But um, my, I'm told that, that we should be ready to go to planning for that scheme in the first quarter next year. OK, OK. We'll watch this space for updates. Simon, thank you so much for the updates no on that one. Fine, Simon yeah. Coveney, Minister for Trade, Enterprise and Employment. So um, the figures that were being talked about last week uh, were ballpark figures, more assessments now have shown that an awful lot more money uh, will be needed. And the government, you just heard it, um, will. It's, there's no actual defined amount. They will give what is needed. Back after 10, text 0868 104 Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. I was giving uh, shout-outs on Friday, particularly to all of those that came to the aid of others. And it was also listening businesses and individuals who contributed and got involved, dug deep, in, deep into their pockets and uh, and helped uh, a lot of businesses have reopened already down around the greater Middleton area. Glanmar Library has reopened regular hours. I was telling you about Messy Buns and O'Brien's Interiors and CF Lennox's and the Maple Leaf Bar, Leonardo's, Bite Size, uh, Brosnan's, Jasmine's, uh, Crowley's Butchers, the Mill Grill, the Mill Wheel. Uh, a lot of the pharmacies are reopened, thankfully. Middleton Books are reopened, a shelf bookshop on Broderick Street in Middleton. La Trattoria was hoping to open this morning, but um, because of electrical issues, they've had to postpone that. I also heard that Raman will open in Middleton as soon as their, their uh, electrical systems all checked out. And that's very important and a very responsible to do, thing to do. All electrics would have to be checked, obviously, for safety for the public. Uh, the vets on the Mill Road are open. Uh, O'Farrell's Butchers, Gloria Jeans, the Barber Rooms, Wallace's Bar opened on uh, Friday night. Murphy's Butchers as well. Uh, the old Thatch and Killer opened also. Uh, so a, a lot of people then were commending others. I just want to say that, that I was there over the weekend helping friends clean their home Councillor Danielle Toomey did come and deliver cleaning products and water. Maybe she didn't, didn't get to that house, but Danielle's the only public representative I've seen out and about. She even helped carry children uh, out of the Educate Together school on Wednesday. I just wanted to say that we have one councillor out here helping. And that was something actually that was also picked up by Bonnie O'Reardon, that there could have been a lot more involvement of public representatives and public officials. Uh, carrying children out of the school in her arms doesn't come better than that. I'd like to share the Trojan work the staff in Middleton Community Hospital did, evacuating all of the elderly residents to the Heather House Community Nursing Unit in Grawn. Only for the swift action of the staff at Middleton Community Hospital, the residents would have been in a very bad way. Neil, my mum, Catherine, is a resident there, and I was worried sick about her during the flooding. But when I visited her last night, she was comfortable, and the staff she was used to in Middleton, also transferred up to Gronabraher with their residents. Some of the staff were badly impacted by flooding in their own homes, but they were doing their shifts and doing their level best to make sure all were comfortable. Uh, state-of-the-art facility up there, very deserving of the older ladies and gents. So these are just the uh, examples of people who made a difference. A shout-out to the residents in Beechwood Drive in Middleton. Did a great job at the weekend helping a neighbour who was so distressed and upset. She was told that the council wouldn't take away anything for her because she owned her home, which I think, given the circumstances, is a disgrace. So everyone, the Beechwood Drive residents, rallied round and took all of her damaged and destroyed stuff floorboards, kitchen tiles, couches, kitchen units, the lot, and piled them onto their piles 
so the council would then have to take them. That's smart thinking, guys. Well done. And then the Middleton Educate Together staff spent the weekend delivering food to families in places like Tier Clune and helped with the clean-up. They had lunches ready for the schools today, which were delivered to the families when they heard that the schools weren't opening. So well done to all concerned there. Uh, if Another one, if anyone in Middleton needs floors put down after the flood or if they need doors or skirting put back up, we will supply the labour free of charge for the elderly and people who can't get insurance cover. And that's from Declan and all the lads at Dock Carpentry and Construction. And one other one then, Barry says, uh, if people want to volunteer and need help with the flooding, where can we register to help, says Barry? Well, I would think that one of the best places to be would be just to arrive down at the Middleton Hub, where Bunny and the volunteers there are working flat out and just say... How can I help? What do you need doing? Um, let me just go back uh, because it, it's about, yes, it certainly is about the cleanup, but it's about the pickup and getting back on their feet, the businesses and the homes down there. We've been in touch a lot with Mark Sinclair of Middleton Fire Station. He's back with me again this morning. Uh, Mark, good morning. Thanks for taking the call. How, how, would, you, how would you sum up the next phase and what happened over the weekend? Um, and, and I'll come back to other issues related to the flood. But it's heartwarming to see so many people helping and indeed businesses open already, right? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic, Neil. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the, the work and the, uh, the, the, the volunteers that are coming out to help people is just phenomenal. It's absolutely fantastic. And we're still, we're still hearing of some of the rescues that were done, some by members of the public. We heard about Danielle with the, the children in the schools and what have yeah. you. But there was a particular elderly lady in trouble. Was that right, Mark? Um, yeah, um, I was away on Wednesday morning, so um, um, when I arrived on the scene, uh, it was just about 1.30 when I arrived, um, I was actually getting a phone call from uh, somebody in the hospital to say that they were flooding. Um, so straight away I rang the person that was um, standing in for me, and I told them to get there as quickly as possible. Uh, when I arrived there, um, straight away I just asked for backup from this. Coast Guard, Civil Defence, Cork City Fire Brigade, the Army, uh, Borgas, the ESP, and he then said to me that they had a call for an elderly woman trapped in the house down um, Raven's Lane. So they had proper PPE on them, so they dispatched to that. Um, that particular lady was in the house with her son, but um, naturally was frightened of her life, for her life. So what my food on were <clears throat> they swam? <clears throat> excuse me. They sw- okay. So there's eight feet of water outside the house, house and potentially four or more feet of water inside her house. Yes. Um, the thing about these houses, Neil, we, from the front door, there's actually a step down into these houses. Oh, worse. So, um, like when I go into the house, <clears throat> I'm six foot three. Um, I, I, like if I if I don't stoop down, I will I, I will hit my head off the door. Oh, right. So anyway, they, um, they 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 spoke to John, the the, the woman's son, who was trying to get um, his mother to to go up the stairs. And what they said they would do is they would have to go in the upstairs window because if they opened the door to go into the house, they would have flooded the house up to the ceiling. So the four, four so, firemen did they have to swim to the house? Uh, more or less, yeah. More or less, they, yeah, yeah, they did. Um, so what they done was they spoke to the lady and kind of advised her what to do. And with the help of her son, and she 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 was coaxed, I suppose, really to go up the stairs. 
Um, but they would have had to have broken the, wind, the, the window upstairs and came in, came down the stairs to, to help because, as I said, they couldn't open the door. Because oh, door. my God. This is an elderly woman uh, who uses yeah. the aid of a walker yeah. and her son because she just, firstly, she just didn't want to leave her family home. I, I, I resumed so, yeah. 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 Wow. You know, oh, so, my God. Um, and the same person that, you know, his house at that stage was on you're breaking up a little bit there, Mark. Just uh, move around. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That same firefighter of John Paul Gower that I'm on about, his, his own house was actually still at the stage where his family were safe. Do you know what so, like, so it's amazing because people themselves were suffering in their own homes, but they still clocked in for their shift to help others, not knowing what was happening in their own properties. Like, Neil, you know, I, I spoke to you a couple of months ago, we were all retained. So when the first call came in, um, Everybody just dropped to a room and went to the call and responded, and it was continuous. I think it was 180 calls were, were received for the fire service help um, on that day. Now, 60 of those calls were life-threatening, so they were prioritised. So, like, even even though people were ringing because their houses were flooding, there was life at risk, so these calls were prioritised um, for the response. So, of course, um, it would have been the fire station staff plus all of the retained firefighters who actually saved lives. We could have been talking this morning of people drowning or being killed. Oh, uh, Neil, I'm putting my hand and I'm still saying it. How nobody lost their life, I have no idea. The power of the water was ferocious, wasn't it? Uh, Neil, I was speaking to a a person that I know very, very well. I'm going to mention his name. His name is Morgan O'Connor. He he was telling me that. I I heard the rumour and I rang him last night. He was telling me that they're just at the top of Connolly Street is where they're living. So the water was coming down Rear and Glen where this lady was trapped and two cars had been washed and kind of created at them. Um, that's why the water was so high there. So the force of the water was just phenomenal altogether. Um, to make a long story short, <clears throat> somebody fell in the water in Connolly Street and they went to assist that person. But Morgan actually fell down a manhole. And this oh. is the danger I have. My God. This is, I, I posted a thing on the Middleton Facebook page about um, other things in the main streets and the footpaths after lifting. People walking in these floodwaters, it's just, it's so, so dangerous. People have no idea that manhole covers lift. You you could fall down 15 You're gone. You're and, and listen. Yeah. And how do they get them out? Well, lucky enough, Morgan is <laughs> he's a very big, strong man. And his arms, he was able to stop himself falling from his arms and he got himself over with the help of, I think it was, um, I think his son saved the person that was after, um, no, he's, he's, he's an absolutely beast of a man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but was. still in all, you know, if uh, he hadn't I managed know, to wedge himself, he'd be gone. Yes, yes, and with the help of um, someone else got him up in his way, you know, it's like, it's, it's just how nobody has lost their life, I have really... <laughs> No idea. And that elderly lady, I was reading just some of the backstory to that. That um, did you eventually get her out by boat? Yes, with the um, Dave Orsden, with um, the assistance of um, the army, the soldiers there with again with all their dry suits on, and they had a, a boat. So Dave Orsden knew exactly where the lady was because he was one of the firefighters that was actually there as well with General Flynn, and I, I can't. I think they were the three, but he. Um, 
he brought the army up uh, and they, they, they rescued the lady within. Now, it might have been three or four hours after the initial, um, because it took so long for us to to get... Like, we knew that she was safe when she was upstairs and, and, and yeah. dried and whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was just a matter of um, trying to prioritise life at risk calls to manage everything. Was okay. just and, and do you know, where have all of the families who can't inhabit the lower part of their homes... Where are they all moved to and where are they all staying now? Are, are, are some of them still at home or, or what? Do we know? I, I have no idea, Neil, but I do know of one or two um, people that I was talking to that they're just going to live in the upstairs of their house when the downstairs has been done because there's nowhere to go. <laughs> there just is nowhere to go. They'll have to do all, all of the kitchen duties and cooking facilities upstairs then, literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I can't thank people enough. Restaurants and stuff. Like I, I start mentioning people, Neil. I'd be, I'd be here all day. Like to volunteers, to the businesses feeding them. It's, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. The, commu- yeah. the community spirit has been unbelievable. unbelievable. Okay, okay, okay. And if this were any lesson at all for those in control of the public purse, the importance of our firefighters and our retained firefighters was certainly shown over the past four or five days, wasn't it? One of the lads said to me over the weekend, we only done our job. And I said, no, you went way over. Well, well, well and truly over and beyond what their job is. You know, it was... Like, we we got out of the appliance. We got a call on Friday morning. We were there for, um, I think it was the Woodlands. I can't remember the name of it all. And I actually said to the lads when we got out of the fire planes, we looked like the Cripple Brigade. They were in bits. Yeah, yeah. It was full on. It was full on. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But then again, devastating and all as it was, there was no loss of life. Poor little no. dog. Poor dog drowned. All right, and that's heartbreaking. I know. Yeah. But it could yeah. have been an awful lot worse. Listen. But absolutely no loss of life, which is just. Um, and like as I say, there's so many people that I would have to thank for the help they gave and the cooperation. You know, because people were trying to go into the water, need to go home, and I was trying to explain to him that you know, but he doing that, you're putting your life at risk, or then putting our life at risk that we have to go and save you because. I can't say enough, Neil, about... We, we, have, we have poles that when we're walking in the water, we are hitting the ground in front of us to make sure that it's going to take the weight of, our, of us, that we have got a solid ground underneath. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, and it's just... The amount of people that have told me that they got swept and they were this and they were that... Oh, it was a torrent. I mean, a flash flood wouldn't describe the the power of it, certainly going down the main street of Middleton. Um, again, let us commend all those and your good self and everybody else as well for their intervention and their help over the recent days. Mark, thank you so much for taking the call. Do appreciate it. Meanwhile, I'll talk to Kate in a minute. But Billy, good morning. Billy Birmingham. Billy. Good morning, Neil. Uh, I, I know, are you still in the Canaries or what's the story? No, I, am, I, I flew home. Um, Jesus, I what day it was Thursday okay. morning. Okay. Thursday, yeah. Um, yeah. And how, how did you hear about uh, your own home that there was water oh, inside it? I saw it. I was, we got we got to our apartment and it wasn't ready. We went down to our local bar that we go to all the time there for a drink, and we went back up the room and I turned on CCTV cameras in my house and I saw the water coming around the side of my house. I knew we were in trouble. It happened to us once before. Oh so, my God! Uh, this is in Kilnagleary in Cargilline. So you must have felt right. totally helpless then. You're in the Canaries. There's nothing you can do. Nothing. Like so, I just I rang my daughter, rang my son, 
and my daughter ran for neighbours that were close by and like on like I think the first day was the, was it the Thursday Neil yes yeah 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 I've lost for days I don't know what day I have the first day was the Thursday and the fire brigade came and fairness and they were reluctant to come but I explained that it happened to them in the past and they looked their local lads as well but they were absolutely outstanding they stayed there for hours and hours I think it was like six or eight hours they were there on site keeping the water away from the door it worked to a massive extent on the first night uh, the second day again we got overwhelmed I was actually on the way back at that stage and I, my son rang me in floods <laughs> my grandson was in the house my daughter uh, he said dad's coming in the front door and go out the back he said there's not we could only have tried everything I know you can't stop it man it's too powerful water water's in, water's in charge he was actually gutted because I, I watched him on the cameras I spent the whole the whole day and the whole following day watching him constantly on the cameras and they battled and battled and battled but the reason I rang was the tank I know but I was at the last night we counted 60 people that arrived like that Neighbours and friends is it came to help Neighbours uh, like the county council came twice the fire came twice there was a guy with him um, um, a sorry tank he came twice to empty the water um, but the water was just, was just overwhelmed it was just it was just too much for the drains the drains and were what did uh, what did all of the volunteers neighbours and family members do with regards to we, trying to salvage we made, plan, we made a plan on the Thursday night when I got back from the Canaries it was, it was late it was nine, seven, nine, uh, 7 or 9 o'clock something like that my, my daughter and my son we sat down and our plan unfortunately or unfortunately we had fitted wardrobes in three of the bedrooms and behind those three fitted wardrobes the carpets went right back against the wall so they had to come out in fairness to them they had all those carpets up when I arrived but except for the ones behind the thing so I know we had to get them out so our plan was to do kind of one room at a time and in the space of the Friday, every room was emptied, every wardrobe was taken out, every carpet was ripped up. Uh, and all day yesterday, uh, we filled the skip to the brim with just floorboards and... Um, and um, oh, it's just devastating. Can anything be say? I mean, the carpets, I know, can't be, but what about all of the furniture? We're lucky in a lot of our furniture was on lakes, and uh, we were lucky in that. The kitchen is a bit... Uh, destroyed at the moment but I'll get around to that eventually we can live with that a while we're all living in the well I'm living in the house at the moment my daughter lives out the back of me I went into her house and she is absolutely gutted because her house is her pride and joy and, and is your ho- are those houses on the lower level are they bungalows everything down flat on the flat everything downstairs yeah everything oh, is everything. okay okay there, there, will, there will be some financial help for all of that you're aware of that James McGrath came down to us yesterday. Um, he's a friend of a personal friend of ours, and he came down and explained to us. Look, he was only back from Italy, literally off the plane, um, and he came down and explained all that to us. So yeah, look, we were starting to apply for it. My wife is still in the Canaries. I'm half tempted to go back out tomorrow. I have my ticket booked. <laughs> Just to take her back for the week. Um, if she was here, she she would be on the floor. I'd say there'd be no comforting her if she was here. I saw this. Thank you to thank you to everybody that came to help. Another show of my daughter said, Dad, how many people came to to because people just coming in droves like and we counted last night and I'm looking at the list again and it's at least sixty people. Isn't it amazing how people come to help their friends and others? Yeah. It's a great example. You'll get back on your feet again, Billy, whether you get up whether you get on the plane or not, that's only a call you can make. Maybe you need to um, I'm watching all the up on night now watching the rain. Look luckily 
I made a few adjustments myself to uh, a couple of drains, and we're, we're okay at the moment. And we'll rain most of the night, but not heavy. Um, I look at the forecast, and after checking about six different weather forecast systems, um, it looks alright for the next week. But I make that call today in the afternoon. The afternoon, actually, for my daughter, sit down with her, and I'll discuss it. All right, my I'll man. Go, I checked in, but uh, I, I don't be going over reluctantly. Really, just more more to go from there. To get my wife back. Yeah, I know, but make the call, chat with your daughter, decide on when the next move is. So, people, like I tell you, I, I, I have a list in front of me, I'm not going to go through it because I know I will forget someone. Um, it's but, about, like, yeah. Yeah. No, I get the impression that this morning is very much about the thank yous as well as everything else. So appreciate your uh, your contribution to that. Thank you, Billy. Kate is in Bananhasta. Kate, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, I've seen a lot of photographs of your beautiful home and what would have been probably the garden and the driveway and I've seen the back and everything. But is it true that in areas like where you are in and around Ballinhasic, the recommendation is don't ever put down wooden floors or don't ever put down carpets that you would need to tile everything on the lower level? Yes, Neil. We, um, we've had to do that. Um, all of the houses, we, we are a small community of eight houses here in Ballinhasic. And everybody in their eight houses now has tile flooring um, on account of being flooded three times. Okay, so because you've learned so, from previous floods, one in 2009, another in 2013. Would the third have been 2015, maybe? Uh, 2009, 2015, and the third was uh, last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, so last Wednesday was the third. Have you had much yeah. damage done? Because it looks like a, it looks like a few feet of water, and clearly inside the house. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, this uh, 2015 on our house was the worst. Um, but uh, yeah, there was nine and a half inches this time in our home. Uh, all the dif- all the eight homes were affected. Uh, differently, you know, so there, it depends on how close they are to the river. Won't be. So 15 then was higher the water, was it? Pardon? Was, was 2015 higher water? In our house in particular, yes. But it, it varies between house to house, but they've all been damaged, they've all been damaged, and, and none of the houses now, as it stands, have flood insurance. No. So this no. time we've been flooded, this is our third time, and we don't have flood insurance to pay mm. for any of the damages. Mm. Mm. And, uh, and a lot of you and your neighbours possessions on the ground floor have they been taken out have they been put in a skip or where are you at yeah we we do have a skip that is i mean it's full it has been provided by the council it's full and it needs to be taken away um and it will be we'd fill a second one i'm sure no problem um but yeah you know personal possessions floor any there have been some laminate floorings and things like that you know they've had to be ripped off um, plasterboard and skirting board have been ripped off in our house. I'm not really sure um, what some of the other houses have been doing, but okay. you know, people have been gutting certain things. You know, things that are just destroyed and will, will create further problems. You know, yeah. we have to I, get I mean, the uh, homes. Yeah, you need to do metaphors and things like that. No, it's just yeah. interesting that a lot of the focus has been with regards to Middleton, but all the same, we have Billy Birmingham in Carrigaline. We have you in mm-hmm. Ballinhasic. Both of you. Uh, with your possessions devastated. But if this is the third time of flooding and on all other occasions you replaced everything and put an awful lot of money into it and rebuilt your home, I'd, I'd wonder that some people would be reticent to do that or, or spend big money or buy nice things knowing that this could happen again. Absolutely. I mean, Neil, you know, at the end of the day, possessions are just possessions. You know, nobody was majorly hurt, but people have lost precious memorabilia 
our family personally, we have lost a lot of our childhood photos. You know, that was in the first flood in 2009. We didn't know to expect it. 2015, yes, and 2000, or 2023 this year, we've, we kind of, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but we know better. And even with that, you still miss things. And, you know, you forget about some things you're thinking of. Oh, there's so much to think about when you're trying to prevent it because you know it's coming. And it's so hard to know, you know, what you can save, how much time you have. We were so fortunate. You know, we had the local farmers. They were helping us. They were pumping water out of our homes to prevent the damage from getting worse, you know, and preventing the water from staying there too long. Yeah. You know, like, we, we shouldn't have to do that. On, on Tuesday, a neighbour, a local resident, went to the offices, the council offices in Carrigaline and asked for some assistance. And they said they couldn't provide us. And on Wednesday, we were looking for sandbags and we didn't get any. Now, in the end, they were no good because the, the water came, you know, there was nothing you could do. Were they not prepared enough to have some st- strategy in place to provide sandbags, no? Yeah, this is the thing. We like we've been we've been applying like we've been looking to get flood relief. Like there's there's you know um, proposals in place and things like this, but like it's not gone anywhere in 14 years. And, and we're we're just left we're just left the whole time. There should be there was nobody even on standby for us to call there when stuff like this is happening. When there is that much heavy rainfall, we need to be able to call on services and for them to come. We, we were left hanging, you know, only for the goodness of local people, local farmers coming down. And the fire brigade did come to one household. Again, you know, services are great, but at, at one point they kind of said there's nothing more we can do. And it, it does get to that point, and it, mm. but it shouldn't have to. Mm. It shouldn't have to. We shouldn't be in this scenario again. We have people here. There are six of the eight houses are old age pensioners. Mm. They were like, you know, they were younger, of course, 14 years ago when it happened, but you know, their their health is in decline. Some of them, you know, they can't be like dealing with. It. No, it's, it's a frightening much. experience for all ages, particularly the elderly. They might be infirm and a little bit slow on their feet. Um, I've also been th- I was thinking about the, all, all of the all of the homes that you know were were damaged numerous times by flooding. Whether you wish it or not, these were these are your forever homes. You would never be able to leave those homes nor sell them, because sadly nobody would ever want to buy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, what what are we supposed to do? Like, we any any defences we have put in have been out of our own pocket and ineffective. We have we've all put in like barricaded the the river or the end of our gardens to prevent the river from over flooding into our gardens. It still doesn't stop us. It still comes. Water but, will always know, find a way. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, it, it shouldn't happen. It really shouldn't happen, and it shouldn't be happening three times. There was opportunity between 2009 and 2015. Oh, it's exasperating. I know. Between it is. 2015 to now. 2023, yeah. It's, 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 it's not even going to planning, Neil. It's not even going to Will you now? I'm sure you'll answer yes. You will apply uh, to the Red Cross Fund, won't you? Or maybe you've done so already. Oh, we'll apply for whatever we can. Absolutely. But, you know, it's not guaranteed, Neil. We were told to keep receipts. Like, you know, n- none of that is is guaranteed. We were also promised a flood relief scheme and it's not happened. 14 years. So I'm not banking on anything happening. Not any you know, time We've had some local councillors who have been working on our behalf and they've been very good but it's now coming down to the OPW and the Cork County Council and I don't know what they're doing. I really don't know what they're doing. Yeah, well, hopefully lodging planning finally and just getting it moving but whatever it is it will take many years before it's ever finished. 
absolutely. The kind of thing, you know, maybe some provisional work in the next two to three years. That's too late. Yeah. We're in October. We got flooded in November and December the last two times. That was in the height of winter. You know, another flood risk we had unexpectedly was March 2021. You know, we're prepared for it almost in the wintertime. We know to be on the lookout. Well, if there are more incidents like this across the winter and the months to come, it will be devastating, not just for you, but for all of those that have been hit already. Uh, and who's to say that it won't happen again? It potentially could. I want to. I want to take a break, but thank you so much, Kate. Do yeah. feel free to stay in touch. I can. I can feel your pain, and I can feel your exasperation. Of that you can be sure. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Corks Red FM. Keep those texts coming. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Back to the phone lines we go. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, are you yeah. a city resident? I'm a city resident. I don't want to say it, no. Because That's okay, but you're south side anyway. Are you anywhere near south the Lee? Side. Oh, yeah. I'm. Uh, well, I'm near the Lachine River. Okay, okay. And um, I tell you, if that woman in Carrigaline thinks something is going to happen, after my experience this morning, she's going to be, they're all going to be waiting. Okay. I was on, I got out, and I saw water coming, and I said, last week, I tried to fix it up this week I said I must get sandbags straight away you know Yeah. so uh, I drove over to two council depots uh, I was told most emphatically Cork City Council do not provide sandbags right so um, so who does provide so, them where where do yeah. homes and businesses well, get them well Neil I went I went up um, a road and I saw the sandbags that had been bought out last week by City Council to another uh, area and then uh, I asked the woman there in one of the houses, could you give me three or four? And she said, take them away, you know. So, uh, Where did she I get them, did she say? Cork um, City Council came out with a big lorry load of them last week. So why would somebody tell you that they don't, at two depots, tell you they don't to provide them? Because um, they do. Because, uh, I mean, I had press statements from them yeah. last week saying that sandbags were yeah. available. Well, it's obviously, it hasn't been communicated to some people anyway, you know, but... Um, I don't know. But I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm near a river that hasn't been dredged in 40 years, you know. And, you know, it's the same, like, like same in Middleton and Glenmire and all these places. You know, the rivers haven't been touched, like, you know. And, well, if rivers aren't dredged, then, of course, that yeah. leaves, um, you know, just a free yeah. hand for, for tides to break the bank, uh, for huge yeah. amounts of water to rush down those rivers uh, and to invade people's properties and yeah. homes. I they mean, have to dredge the rivers. Five feet or six feet, like in a riverbed, and three, three or four feet of it is is mud and you know sludge, and obviously there's only very there's only half the room there for the water, and if a flood comes, well, that's it. It's gonna it's gonna flood like it's gonna break the banks, you know. Oh my God! How but, um, was but was did you have any property damage or others around you? Thankfully, no. Uh, but uh, uh, just you know the gardens and around. Uh, uh, just barely avoided it coming into the house, you know. Yeah, yeah. so like, yeah, so but, yeah. you'll have you'll have a nervous you'll have a nervous few months ahead then, I suppose. Well, well, this is it. Like this is this is ongoing. Like I mean, this week now, like apparently the weather is going to be the same again. And um, but um, I, I, know, don't, I don't I don't think that I, is I don't think that is the case. There's certainly nothing on no. the cards of what we had last week. Yeah, you know, not not this but week you know, anyway. But you know, Neil, when I rang City Council, I just rang the general number. I was saying after the flooding last week, I don't think they'd have a dedicated number that people could ring, you know, and get some information. But I was waiting 10 minutes there and getting oh, we're very busy with calls. And, you know, so I just left it and I decided to ring yourselves there to see. 
could we get the finger out like yeah. and do something, okay. you know? All right, okay. Appreciate the call. Much obliged to you, John. Take care. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We have lots of other audio that was uh, that was held over, actually, from Friday. I mean, right in the middle of all of the devastation that was happening, particularly down in Middleton. You had businesses trying to scramble and react, you know? Um, and just deal with the issues that were unfolding before their very eyes. Here's some more examples of what happened. Ria Burgheim, say I do. Just out of the blue, water just started pouring in our doors with absolutely no notice, uh, no prior warning that it was going to get as bad as it did. And within minutes, the shop was completely submerged in water. It went four to five foot up our walls and everything just got destroyed. Like, is any of this salvageable? No, none of it. None of us just look around. It's it's all destroyed. We're just waiting for insurance to come to have a look at it to see what the next stage is. Ripped up all our floorboards, everything. The office equipment, computers, all of our soft furnishings, everything destroyed. I know wedding dresses are expensive. Do, could you put a price on... Couldn't even begin to try and quantify. Today we're just about clearing up and trying to sort out where we are. We've documented everything, so the next few days we'll sit down and try and quantify everything, but it's just impossible. Do you think if there was an early warning system in place or the uh, flood relief system was, was here that they're, that they're promising since 2015, do you think that might have been a help yesterday? Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually incredulous that it's that, that there was no warning given to any of the traders to say that things were getting as bad as they were, that the, the riverbanks were about to burst. If we'd gotten a couple of hours' notice to, to clear the place, given the history in the town... That things were getting really bad. I think we, you know, by the time we realised that it was as bad as it was, it was too late. It was about getting out ourselves and keeping ourselves safe, which thankfully, you know, there was no loss of life that I'm aware of, and that's the most important thing. But some kind of an early warning system, I'm, I'm just, I'm astounded that there was nothing anywhere, you know, no phone calls made, nothing. I, I don't know where it even needed to come from, but no one seemed, everybody was just taken by surprise. My name is Lisa O'Brien. I have Monty's Cafe in Middleton. We're here nine, nearly nine years now, and this is our second time after getting flooded. I actually can't even describe to you what we came in here to face this morning and what we tried to do to stop it yesterday. Like, there was people around here helping us, and there was absolutely nothing was going to stop that water from coming in. There's shores there in the main street and any heavy rain, they're always gurgling and bubbling and everything. And we try to ring the council office, there's never any answer there. So we just, all we could do was watch that, Get like there's a pool there at the entrance getting bigger and bigger. Caroline, my uh, colleague there, I said, come on, we'll go out and have a look. So we went down by Baby Walk and had a look there and that's when we saw, this was about maybe one o'clock, the river was after bursting its banks and it was flooding the Baby Walk Park there. And I knew then, I said, we're in trouble here now. I knew it. And when we came back down here, it was starting to flow in the front door. Like, you wouldn't believe the speed it came up the door. We have a floodgate there. It came over the floodgate. We had sandbags. There was nothing. Nothing was going to stop it. Nothing. When you look at it now, it's unbelievable to think everything in there was submerged. It's actually just unbelievable. Soul destroying. It really is. It really is. I, I, you know, I can't put it into words. Like uh, last night when I was 
like lying down in bed I mean I didn't sleep I was just thinking what are we going to face when we go back in there like as we were leaving here yesterday there was an all merciful crash and it was our big fridge there like just falling just everything falling I just, it was just unbelievable Really is was. there anything salvageable from the business? We're not sure yet. Like, obviously, all our chairs and all that, you know, we're washing them and everything, but it's like the main equipment, like the fridges, the coffee machine is a major thing. I've only bought that, like, a few months ago. I have a new grill in there. Do you know, they were they were all underwater. Like, we, we have to give it a day or two for things to try and dry out to know if they're going to work again. He said this token effort of this €5,000 is fine, it's OK. But it's in, in, in this time now, that doesn't go a whole lot. That doesn't do a whole lot. No, it don't, won't go a whole lot. We won't go where we need it to go. Like, you know, um, yeah. we have we have fridges that are destroyed. We've got a coffee machine that we don't even know if it's working or not yeah, yet. That's about twenty grand's worth of a co- coffee machine. Uh, and this this five grand that they're they're saying they're going to give out, like great, wonderful. But like, I don't know where that's going to go. Like, I mean, let's that won't touch the edges. Like. The community were fantastic. Like everyone's yeah. kind of getting behind each other. Everyone's there for each other. Uh, you've got strangers coming up asking you, "Do you need help?" Which yeah. is fantastic. But I mean, where is the municipal services? Where is the council? Where are the people to come out and help? You know, it just was no show. Like yeah. you're ringing council offices, as my wife no has said, answer. and no answers. Like no. it's just so frustrating. Like you know, and it's, and it's, it's the same thing over and over again. Like you know, any issues that you try to put towards the council, you're paying rates for a service that you're not getting. And it's just, it's getting to the point that people are questioning why they're paying those rates. Mike Thompson, uh, GP in McKinley Medical Centre, been here since 2019. Uh, we've currently two other GPs, a GP intern, a GP registrar, a practice nurse, and five secretaries and a practice manager um, who've all turned up for work today and put in a sterling effort to try and get the show back on the road. Uh, but it's devastating. For about 20 past 12, I was notified that there was water coming in the front door and by half two we were wading up to our belly buttons in it uh, trying to get out. So it was very quick. It came in the back door, the front door and up through the drains. So I, I think the sandbags wouldn't have made much difference in the end. Yeah, and there's a big question over Met Aaron that the level of rain that fell yesterday should have been a red warning. Look, I think we want to get up and running, keep everything safe, get back going, and the recriminations are maybe for another day, you know. I think there's been a great community effort today, the GA. I've had to turn away the number of volunteers I had today. Uh, food parcels being dropped down and everything, family helping out, and it just shows the community spirit that is in Middleton. But I do think questions will have to be asked in time. And I do think that, you know, they're talking about 100 premises and businesses and how many untold family houses. There'll have to be emergency central support given, and soon. So at the moment, I'm at 94,000. Of a loss. It's also tax bill time as well for self-employed earners, so it's very, very difficult. Uh, we're not covered by insurance, unfortunately. And were there many medical records damaged here? Did you lose anything? No, we, we're all cloud backed up and stuff. We've lost all our IT systems because of the level it came up to three feet. Um, all our furniture, all our equipment is gone, but no, all patient records and that are safely kept on the cloud. We have used South Dock this morning. Some of our doctors have gone up to turn up for duty this morning on South Dock to try and keep continuity of care going. And patients have been very understanding too, but, you know, business has to go back on. Health cannot wait. So we're, we're trying to get this up and running. But this will be a week or two before we're back here, I'd say. OK, that's just an example of uh, the amount of money that, uh, say, one GP's surgery is down following the damage. Now, since um, the report was done, 
uh, at the back at the start of the weekend, of course, there's been an announcement that the amounts of money that will be available for homeowners and businesses will be much increased. Now, interestingly, I'm reading from the examiner this morning, uh, around 100 businesses that were flooded across Cork and Waterford could be in line for enhanced payments, which will be administered by the Red Cross. So this new relief scheme runs alongside the existing one. You've been hearing people in the different boxes talking about the five grand that will be given immediately and then up to another 20,000 um, that that would stay in place, but that there would be additional funding. Simon Coveney said, didn't have any problem when I said, could that be 70 grand? He said, yeah, but it's not limited to that. So there's been a quick reaction to it. Um, and also, I saw in the Times this morning that the other emergency scheme for householders, which was originally, we were told, capped at 10 million and administered also by the Red Cross. The Irish Times this morning is saying that will be ready, is that, that is already in operation, but it's expected the Cabinet will also increase the maximum amounts payable under that phone fund as well. In fact, um, Simon Coveney said this morning, talking to me, that already 100 homes, over 100 homes, have already received, received financial assistance already. Uh, and this is Monday morning. So things are moving at a pace and thankfully in the right direction. Text 0868104106. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Uh, I don't know and hopefully they won't be needed, but we were talking about sandbags a little while ago and Jim Ahern was in touch to say, I can tell you that uh, TNA, which is the building supply company on the Watergorse Road in Blackpool, they are constantly filling sandbags. People could go down there and get the bags down there, keep the receipt and get the money back off the council. Good words of advice. Thank you, Jim. Very much this morning, I've been trying to, um, you know, steer the conversation towards those that helped and the community reaction to it and all of the different towns and village, villages. And much of it, of course, centred in, in beautiful Middleton that took an absolute hammering um, and the amount of people that came out to help and we've said that on numerous occasions this morning and given examples of it but it comes in all shapes and sizes and indeed ages I want to go down to CBS Primary in Middleton and chat with the principal Neve O'Leary she joins me by phone Neve, good morning Morning, how are you? So what everybody wants to know about is the reaction of the pupils in the primary school what happened? Well, I suppose, first of all, it, 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 was, it was such a, an unprecedented and I suppose it kind of brought us quickly back to kind of COVID times nearly in, in one sense. But I suppose very quickly people started to come and collect their children. So, you know, we had to try and maintain kind of a light, not a, a lightness to it, you know what I mean? Because at that yeah. stage, people really didn't know, you know, what was ahead um, and, and what was going on. And I suppose we're very lucky here, as you know, Neil, we have um, a school therapy dog. We actually have two at the moment. So even their presence alone in the office as the boys were going in and out and parents were arriving, like, I mean, some parents arrived and they were after wading through water up to their, up to their they, stomachs. They you know, were, and, uh, as, uh, really? And they were, you know, they were they, they, like, how did they think they were going to get their kids out? Did they get them out through water? Some of them, some of them were going to friends' houses. Some of them were going, you know, on, on play dates with friends. Some of them were going to stay with family at the other end of town. You know, it, it and I suppose people didn't know. I mean, I'd say by the time they came up to us to collect earlier on in the day, by the time they were leaving, you know, it, the water rose so quickly, as I know other callers have said there. Yeah. You know, they just didn't know what they were facing when they were going back to it, you know. But, but how we alarming it must have been for a parent wading through water to pick up their child. I mean, that's not something we're prepared for as parents. Uh, absolutely not absolutely not and I mean one of our particular parents like actually had been on night duty so you can imagine for her to wake up 
to that, you know, and I suppose as a school, all we can my do child. is reach out. Your automatic reaction is, is my child or children oh. safe? Exactly. So all we kept doing is we were just reassuring parents because they were kept ringing saying, look, I can't get down. And we were saying, until the last child is collected, we will be here. You know, there's no panic. You know, we, we will mind them. We will keep them safe. That's our job. That's our, our responsibility. And for all and of the staff, the teachers and the admin staff and all of the different yeah. departments within the school, they, they stayed not knowing how their own properties were suffering. Absolutely. Now, and what we did do is we assessed as, as the numbers in the school went down, we assessed our own staff and who needed to get out first, obviously, wow. you know, and, 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 and as a duty of care to them, obviously, as well, well and their own done. children well that done. had to be collected. But, you know, those of us that could stay, stayed. And, and thankfully, we got every child out by about five, half five on, on the Wednesday evening, you know. And tell so, us, for the limited time that I have, hmm. about the fundraiser that was started. Yeah. So basically, um, we were there. I was there on Friday evening, just contacting the last few parents I hadn't managed to touch base with, just to make sure everyone was okay or what we could offer to support. And I just happened to be on Facebook, and a girl locally, Sabrina Lyons is her name. Now I didn't know her before Saturday. Had a post up that she had gotten um, use of the GAA hall and that she was starting a collection. So I just got onto her. I said, "Would you like help? I can pop down for a few hours. There's no bother." And she said, "Please." So I just popped it into our WhatsApp group, and staff started going, "Oh, look, I'll come down for a few hours." I'll help and um, one of the girls then, Lisa Edmonds, she's one of our teachers here she said, listen I'll pop up to Dunn's if anyone wants to revolute me a little bit of money you know, we'll, we'll go and we'll get a few, you know, nice bits of um, towels or new pyjamas or, you know, cosy things, bits you know, bobs. <laughs> absolutely and um, I, it, you know and then we started saying it to a few members of our family and friends because I suppose people outside of Middleton are dying to help like they really want to get in there and help in some way shape or form but you know and, and they didn't know how like I was only saying there to your researcher like the, that my aunt is up in Bagnallstown she's 80 odd years of age and she was sending me down money you know they all want to help they all see the need and, and the devastation that's happened in like you know places like Tierclune, Beechwood, Mogili out the road I mean some of the estates are just decimated. So by the by the time anyway we were going to bed um, on Friday evening we had 5,000 euro collected and we just felt at that stage it was just too big for us to handle as individuals um, and we just said um, we got on to the powers that be within the school and said look could we use the school side on eight page um, you know to, to just channel all the money in because it was still coming. I mean, you know, we're up at a low, over 11,000 euros. 11 and a morning. half grand. Is it? Oh, God. Right. <laughs> you know, so we just want to be able to do our bit because, like, you know, like we can be here for the boys and we can reassure them when they're here. And, you know, we, we've actually, so overwhelming was the outpouring of the of support, the collection and the donations that, you know, Sabrina didn't have the GA hall because obviously they, they had promised it to other people. You know, they were fantastic to give it for the day. Um, you know, we just had way too much okay. stuff so yeah. we collared a few men with vans and um, they transported it all up here to the schools the hall so we spent the rest of um, the day sorting it here we're sorting it again today we've parents coming in what do you we, have because affected families are arriving and getting yeah, is it so, like clothing or is it so like we food? do we have men's clothing we have women's clothing we have all sorts of children's clothing um, eight, we've it all sorted by boys and girls ages as best we can all the way from naught up to about 15, 16, 17 um, we've lots of bedding, you know, duvet sets, uh, quilt covers. Um, we have lots of blankets. You know, Fabulous. even if people want to use them to put them on the floors, while you know they can't, while you know, Fabulous. just bare concrete floors. And are the kids pitching like in that. to help as well? 
Well, I'm sure they will as the week goes on. At the moment, we want to get it to a place where, where, it's, where it's safe and, and negotiable. But uh, literally, Neil, you, you'd want to see our hall now at the moment. You, you just, you'd, oh, well, feel free to send us some pics or a video and we'll share it, Neil, yeah. just to show people Thanks. the great worth. Been, oh, what, will, what will you do with the money? So I think the, the best thing we can do as a school, because obviously we're only aware of our own families and this is just so far outreaching, we're going to link in with the, the real charities on the ground here in the town of Middleton and we're going to link in with them and, and pass on the funding where, where is needed because, you know, I suppose, you know, people like the Middleton Hub here in, in town, oh my God, it is just Absolutely. unbelievable. We I mean, their own place was flooded. Uh, I'd say, you know, you might have been talking to Bonnie. Oh, I was, Bonnie, yeah. Yeah, an amazing work. Like, I mean, the, you know, but they're really at the cold face of the cleanup, whereas, you know, we're at the stage where people maybe don't know what they need from a clothing perspective. They're really still in the state of overwhelm or, you know, anxious and just... Well, the community spirit the and the community response has been incredible, and that's what we've Phenomenal. been honing in on very much this morning. So if people want to donate, it's idonate.ie forward slash event forward slash flood relief Middleton. Um, and it's, as I say, standing now at just around about 11 and a half thousand euro let's see if we can get that up another little bit anyway do stay in touch and well done thank you very much thank you local community response uh, from cbs primary in middleton text 0868104106 we're back after 11 now the neil prenderville show red fm i want to check back in with Fromoy as well this morning following on from graham norton's apology from apologize to the people of Fromoy last friday night on the show uh, and we have some audio for that and we'll check in and see if the people of Fromoy are sated or happy now after that apology um so all that and lots more besides to the phone lines we go on this very busy monday morning frank good morning Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. And it's it's important always to update on stories and perhaps if a little bit of a clarification yeah. is needed. So go ahead. Now, forgive me. All of the events regarding the Radisson Blue, I don't have that paperwork in front of me. I'm scrambling to find their response to me. But just, just talk me through. There was a, a lot of negativity towards them because of the room rate that appeared up on a night when perhaps people would have been in need of a hotel bedroom, right? That's correct, yeah. That's right. And even when I rang your station there, I said people need to give the Radisson a big shout out and he said, we did give him a shout out for charging rooms at a thousand euro and now they gave an explanation from what I gather it was uh, a, a misprint, that it was supposed to be 99 or something, it went in at 999, something along those lines Well they didn't, they didn't we ran, no, in fairness they didn't say that to me um, I think the no, night before that, That's what I well, I, I look. I look to tell you where I'm coming at. Probably. Okay. Where okay. I'm please, from. please do. I, we, I get this. We rang statement. them. Yeah. yeah, we rang them at on Thursday. It was around lunchtime, I think, and asked them had they any vacancies. They said they. Now I'd heard nothing about the prices the whole lot, and they said, no problem. We have vacancies, and how for how long? I said about two nights, and they said no problem. What's your address? I said Middleton. They said, have you been flooded? I said, yes. And they said, well, that's free. We'll be looking after you for the two nights and food, the whole lot. How many of you are You're there? And there was five in the family. So they were brilliant, Neil. They gave us two rooms. There was no ifs, buts or maybes. They were so good. And when I hear people talking and just loosely saying that they increased it because, of, because people needed it, there's people working there and we have to support all businesses. It's like they're local people and they'd be brilliant to us. 
and it was really heartbreaking to hear it said. Mm, mm. I can't, we're, I, we're I, very quick. We are we are very quick to jump on the band. I'll include myself here. Done it before, and the fact that there's such a big hotel chain, but there are local people working there, like, and they were so good. No, I mean, just I, I can't. I listen. I, I would find it very difficult to push back against that kind of generosity. In fairness to them, um, their, their their statement. You were there on Thursday night. Well, the issues actually were earlier in the week than that. Well, well, from what they said, it, I think they said that the mistake was made on Tuesday. Yes, an employee so error resulted in. Flooding. Okay, no, listen, I'm, 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 I'm happy that you're on the air because that is an incredible act of generosity and probably wasn't just limited exclusively to you. No, we saw other people. We saw people like ourselves, Neil, who had super value bags and sports direct bags and all sorts of stuff with their clothes and stuff in it. You know. Well, fair play. Well, fair play. I mean, the Radisson and, and nobody made me aware of the fact that subsequent to the misprint on Tuesday and into Wednesday, that they then turned around and said that everybody could stay for free, including meals and accommodation. So, yes, y- you yes, know, that, that's, 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 that's... And the that's, thing is, another part of it was, Neil, we were booked in for two nights. And we, we, I was up and back down to the house and we were lucky that the insurance crowd were on it very quickly. We don't usually give insurance people much credit either, in yeah. fairness, do we? Yeah. But they were on the ball with us, like, and they had a team working there over the weekend, the insurance had. I, so I, I was I have up no, and down. Yeah, I, I, have, I have no... I'll talk to you about your property in a second, if you don't mind. I just want to just stay no on this point. Yeah. I have no control over what people say on social media, and I know no, people were no, posting no, no. We that, yeah. videos yeah. and giving screen grabs, because that's right. if, yeah. if you remember, yeah. um, the Tuesday night was €130, Euro, the Wednesday night yeah. was €899, Euro, and the Thursday yeah. was 170 So you can see why people yeah. might pounce on that. Oh, I can see why, Neil. But I think we're very quick to jump on the bandwagon and just not know the full story because when they came out and said that that was a misprint, we'd normally all say that's rubbish, you know. That's uh, Yeah, they're saying that now because they got caught, you know. Yeah. We've all said it, been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. But in a time like this, when you see, you've seen yourself, Neil, there, how good people are. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you were to look at it logically, you'd say, Jesus, the business would never return to... Well, it would Business be. It would again, be certainly. It would be that. an insane thing to do. I, I, I would have thought it was an algorithm where so many people were looking at the rooms that drives prices up like an airplane. Maybe seat, so. You know what I, mean? I don't know that. That's very possible. That's very but possible. We but if you intentionally so well, did this, that's business suicide. Oh, it's suicide. Like if you were to look at it in the cold, hard light of day, you'd say, "Not a hope." They wouldn't do it. And the other part of it was Neil. You see, we were there two nights, and on the second, and the, when we were supposed to move out on the. Thursday, Friday. So to be Saturday, we were to move on. And we asked them any chance we could stay on for another two nights. Now, the place was buzzing. There was very, very busy. And she didn't go on the computer and look. She had to go away somewhere else to find out if there were rooms available. And they made it available. And the crowds in there was huge need of different functions they were having. But they still managed to squeeze us in. I don't know how they did it because it was crazy busy. Oh, no, that's but really important. I'm delighted you picked up the phone. Is. But tell me, did you it meet is. other families who were also in a similar situation I as was, you? I wasn't talking to other families, but I met. I saw another family from Middleton who were close enough to us. Okay. Well, listen, the Radisson Blue didn't pick up the phone and tell me, no, uh, you know, that have. they were doing this, yeah. um, you know, yeah. and I'm happy, I'm happy that you did. Did you have much damage done at home? Yeah, we had we a good bit of damage, but we were lucky in a way. It came up, uh, it only came up inside about eight or nine inches. But 
there's videos of it outside that was up the windows maybe two feet that way. Okay, okay. And you so two two feet's a lot of water. You'll come back from it? We will because the we we, we had enough time with we got sandbags. I had sandbags at the side of the house from the last time and piled them up and it gave us time to put okay. the good couches and stuff up on other little tables, bring a lot of stuff upstairs. Put balance and stuff up and other stuff. And I know, so I know. We, Needs we, most. we will come back. We'll have to come back. Okay, well, listen. There's a uh, lot more soft than me, Neil. But the people, the businesses, we really have to look after them. Okay, well, that the was a wonderful downtown. gesture really by... That was a wonderful gesture by the Radisson it Blue. Was. I wasn't aware of it. It was brilliant. Uh, and point yes. noted. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate it, Frank. Thank you very Take much, care. Uh, I- Incidentally, on Friday as well, I was chatting with uh, Michael from Trackside, who has a recovery vehicle, a big emergency recovery vehicle, uh, and went out to help people. Some Quite amount of people he helped for free. He was going out to a call and then saw many other people in trouble and then started to help others and I was chatting with him on the air. People said it was very hard on him man with the recovery truck, he's trying to explain how hard he worked to help people. Um, I mean, while you were on to him, were you asking about all of the skips that were being paid for by private individuals when the skip companies probably didn't give them for free? So it was a lot of pushback on that. People saying uh, that actually, um, you know, I was putting the boot in um, and well done to Trackside Motors for helping people and charging a nominal fee. Uh, I listened to yourself on Trackside. I'm actually appalled at people abusing someone who landed into a situation that he wasn't aware of. This same company made a massive donation to the local charity very close to my heart and also contributes to other local charities as well. Um, Somebody else says, that was harsh. The man made a decision not everyone agrees with, but let's be honest, nobody was robbed. Um, He did charge. It was a nominal amount in many cases and also took a lot of people for free. So acknowledge all of those texts and appreciate it. Um, You know, uh, sometimes you have to ask the difficult questions and not everybody's happy with that. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil And I will come back to more texts and calls between now and midday today, but I was mentioning earlier on that Israel is at war and it was interesting to see all over the country at the weekend there were many rallies, there were solidarity rallies with the people of Palestine. One of them was here on Lisa. There was over a thousand people attended the rally, started at the library and then marched along Patrick Street. Uh, over a thousand people. It was organised by the Cork Palestine Solidarity Campaign. There was a bigger uh, rally in Dublin. There were rallies in Tralee, Ennis, Cavan and Belfast, Lurgan, Dundalk and Longford. And of course, um, I think that there's another one slated for Ballincollig today in London. There was 100,000 people took place in a rally and a march as well. Uh, and, and uh, many of us have been watching the story uh, unfold um, and the horrific loss of life. Um, I- incidentally, my understanding uh, of, of the, the whole conflict, if you look at 1948 with the formation of Israel, and the ambassador is, is, is free to correct me on this. The formation of Israel, it became the only Jewish country in the world formed uh, by the Allies following the Holocaust of World War II. Uh, and uh, Palestine was divided, Jewish, Arab, and then uh, there, there was a, a third um, uh, ruling, independent ruling, international entity for Jerusalem itself. Um, many Arab countries then over the decades that follows objected to this. The British forces back in, in the back end of the 40s withdrew and conflict started and, and it continues to this day. So what we, we see now is one and a half million Palestinians have been told by Israel to get south 
Um, and this all started after the Hamas brutal attack on October 7th. Uh, and now Israel um, is reacting to it. And they're talking about a ground offensive to go in to wipe out Hamas because Israel wants to eliminate Hamas. Sadly, my understanding of it is that is even if it involves civilian civilian casualties. Now, other Arab nations are watching uh, and may well become involved in all of this, including the Hezbollah in Lebanon. And Iran is watching very carefully. Four and a half thousand people have died in Gaza. Um, and as uh, 1,400 Israelis have been killed. And we know of at least 203 Israeli soldiers, civilians and children who've been taken hostage by Hamas in Gaza. Now, Gaza is a is a tiny strip of land and is starved of food and fuel and medicine. There is a, an aid corridor open through Egypt now at the moment, but only apparently like something like three percent of the actual daily needs are getting through uh, that, that corridor. But as I say, it's a tiny strip of land. It's between Israel and the Mediterranean. So it's like 41 kilometers long. Uh, and it's 10 kilometres wide, so it's tiny. And in there, 2 million people live there. There's 50% unemployment and 65% food co- uh, poverty. I- incidentally, I think the Arabs want a Palestinian state recognised by Israel and that they would both share Jerusalem. And I could be here all morning taking up valuable airtime and going through the history of the conflict, but this is where we find ourselves uh, at the moment and things are destined to get a hell of a lot worse of the ambassador, the Israeli ambassador to Ireland, Ambassador Dana Elric joins me uh, by phone. Uh, ambassador, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? Is there anything in that intro that you wish to clarify? Or are we okay with all of that? Uh, thank you. There are a lot of comments uh, that I'd like to challenge on 48 when the British mandate on Israel and uh, the Palestinian uh, areas ended. The Palestinians had an opportunity to establish a country, a state, the same as we did. They launched a war with the help of all Arab countries around us. And that's the tragedy that there is no Palestinian state. There were countless attempts and a lot of uh, efforts on uh, on our part for, to negotiate. We gave back land. We gave back the, the Gaza Strip itself. We disengaged in 2005. Different attempts to bring peace. Um, you mentioned the start of the war on October 7th. It is important to comment that the war continues. There are still rockets being fired at Israel as we speak today. A lot of people think that what the atrocities of October 7th happened and ended. That is not correct. And um, yeah, Indeed, I know. And, and we, we also... We, not we, an we were, observer. No, but I also, right. I, um, the rockets are, are flying the other way as well, out of Israel into uh, Gaza. We are responding yeah. to the attack. No, I know. It's, what but, happened yeah. on October 7th, and I feel that people here were quick to forget or not fully understand the atrocities of it. This was the most horrible attack on Jewish people since the Holocaust. And I'm repeating it because people need to understand the impact of it. And our response right now is in order to regain safety for our people. And Hamas needs to be accounted for. You mentioned the solidarity so-called Palestinian solidarity demonstration. Mm. And I ask these people, because it is okay to be pro-Palestinian, but it doesn't mean to be anti-Israeli or anti-human life. Do any of them carry signs calling for the release of our 222 hostages Mm. held in Gaza? There are about 30 children, babies in Gaza. 
if they're peace activists, how come they're not talking about that? You talked about the supply shortage in Gaza, and you're right. The situation in Gaza is horrible. Where is the outcry for the responsibility of Hamas on their people? They hold one million liter fuel reserves. Hamas does. They don't give it to their population. Okay, can I just can I can I just look at the? I understand that. I mean, there. I I think. I mean, as an independent observer, there clearly are wrongs on both sides. Surely, be to God, you take responsibility. That is not an equation that I can accept. I'm sorry. This is not a tit for tat. This is not an. I mean, we are fighting a terrorist organization that not only aims our civilians, targets our civilians, but it's using its own as human shields and depriving them of basic humanitarian supply. So this is not an equation of two wrongs don't make a right or this is a but wrongs if, on both ends. But, but if, you, if you proceed with the ground attack to... Because it's clear that Israel wishes to wipe out Hamas and Hamas internationally by many countries has been recognized as a, as a terrorist organization. But if you wipe out Hamas, the price that innocent civilians will pay will be catastrophically large. Already civilians are paying the price on both sides because of what Hamas is doing. Tell us, what should we do? We are being fired at. What happens if Israel stops? Does anybody stop to think of that? The attack on October 7th was unprovoked. It showed clearly that what Hamas wants is the turmoil, the, the total destroy of Jewish people in Israel is in Israel. It's not something that we can live peacefully next door to. So if, so if, when, Hamas, if we stop, what happens to us? Who protects us? So if Hamas were defeated and say wiped out in, in whatever is coming next, will that be the end of it or will Israel then go in and occupy the Gaza Strip? What's the plan? I, I mean, that, that is not something that is being discussed at the moment. The mission of this war this is a defense war that we were forced into, is to bring back our hostages, 222 that we know of so far, to remain safety on our borders and to stop Hamas from their continuing targeting of our civilians. You are aware... We you engage you, from Gaza. Yeah, you, we didn't want... We did it as a peace gesture, hoping that next to us there'll be a thriving... Um, Palestinian population living in peace. Unfortunately, all we received from Hamas were rockets. If all of that money and hatred would have been devoted to their population and their humanitarian aid, just imagine what could have been. And have you, have, has the Israeli government told the one and a half million Palestinians to get down south as fast as you can because where they live now, their homes and their villages and their hospitals and their schools are going to be obliterated. Do you know how Hamas operates? Hamas embedded itself within its population. So you have a missile launched and rocket launch from outside next to hospitals, next to schools, next to UN organizations. And we've seen it with the tragedy in the hospital of Gaza that the world is still silent about because Israel didn't do it. No, but that's not answering my question. They will have nothing to go go back to. 
we do not want to see civilian population get hurt. We evacuated our people from the south and the north. Over hundreds of thousands in pe- of people in Israel are evacuated to make sure they are not hurt. This is what we're asking the Palestinian population, because unfortunately, Hamas is not taking care of them. Um, the Irish reaction to this has been very disturbing for you. I heard you quoted at the weekend um, words along the lines of um, that, that there is an unconscious bias in Ireland against Israel. What, what do you mean by that? Does that run through the population and right up to, say, for instance, our Tarnished uh, and our Taoiseach who have called for a ceasefire? I'm only new to this country. I'm learning it um But from what I've seen so far, when it comes to reporting the situation in the Middle East or right now the fighting in Gaza, it seems like this coverage is letting Hamas off the hook. Nobody is talking about their responsibility and accountability. There are a lot of misconceptions about international law. We are allowed to fire at a target when being fired. We are allowed to notify population beforehand within international law in order to minimize casualties. We are allowed to request population to evacuate in order to make sure we minimize casualties. All of what we're doing is within the parameters of international law. Yet somehow there are some statements being repeated here by the, the media, by public officials, that it is my duty and responsibility... But- just to provide as much fact and information. But if four and a half thousand people have died in Gaza up until now, that was because of the Israeli response to October 7th. The rules of war would dictate that you can't kill civilians. You know, those numbers come from the um, Palestinian Ministry of Health, which is controlled by Hamas. Can you return the question and ask them how many of them were terrorists, were Hamas operatives? Working in but we've Israel seen that we've seen the news reports and the video reports, Ambassador of People. Dead. Yeah, um, it is is horrible. I agree with you. The situation in Gaza is horrible. There are innocent people being hurt because Hamas is fighting from within its population. That isn't a war crime. That is not being discussed here in Ireland. The, the tragedy at the hospital that Islamic Jihad was responsible for. Who, who knows Why? who was responsible for that, incidentally? We don't, we don't know who was responsible no, for that. I'm sorry. The media was so quick to believe Hamas when they accused Israel. But now everybody is so slow in viewing our analysis of a democratic country, of what the U.S. say, of what AP say, of what CNN say. So if you still have doubts about it, I'm sorry, there will never be an independent investigation because Hamas will not allow it. But if you were so vocal when people thought that Israel is behind it, and now you're so silent when you realize that Israel is not behind it. So who was was behind it? Over 300 people died in their hospital beds. It was beyond atrocious. Yes, it was a failed missile, failed rocket launch by Islamic Jihad. Do you know that 33% of Hamas and Islamic Jihad rockets fall within Gaza territory? Does anybody talk about that? But you, but, but you don't seem to take responsibility. I mean, what, what is an accurate figure of dead in Gaza then if you disagree with 4,500? How four can and we ever thousand? know? We don't know. But sure, we, we know of Israeli attacks and rocket bombardments into them. You're saying that there are no casualties. There are a lot of Hamas operatives and leaders that we have targeted 
and we have eliminated. But you block, but you have blockaded um, Pal- the Palestinians in Gaza into this tiny strip of, of land, and you're not allowing food, you're not allowing fuel, you're not allowing medicine, apart from tiny amounts in through Egypt. I mean, that is, that's cruel. That's By international law, Israel is not responsible for all of that. Still, we provide some of the water, some of their supplies. This is not something that by international law, Israel has to do, but we still do it. And we returned the water that we supplied to Gaza. Do you know that Israel supplies only 10% of the water in Gaza? Gaza has its own aquifer and desalination plant. But they've Did been you know bombed. That at the first but day, by who? Ambassador, they've been bombed by Israel. Yes. No, not by Israel. The first days of the war, I think it was um, nine out of ten power lines to Gaza were destroyed by Hamas. Okay? But That's why but, they but, cannot but, use the aquifer. But, That's why the water pumps are not wor- working. Where, where would you get information like that to say that they're blowing up their own right to life by taking out water supplies and reservoirs. Are you saying we have photos of it. We have photos of them bombing. So where the so where are the Israeli where are the Israeli They're rockets engaging? No, where are the Israeli you. rockets? What are they taking out? If they didn't take out all of the people you say died. I didn't say uh, you're you're uh, missaying what I said. Yes, unfortunately civilians are getting hurt because killed. the Hamas killed. Yes. And for yes. And this is a, a war zone. This is a combat zone, an active combat zone. And this is why we're asking people to evacuate. We are asking because we know their leadership hides behind them. We know their leadership, Hamas, is depriving them of living and moving to the south because that's what they want. And what we want from the media is to say out loud the same way that you call on Israel but if, if you're such of a peace activist, and this is a peace-loving nation, I've seen it, I know it, how come nobody is talking about Hamas? If you don't care about Israel, I understand. I don't... If you it's don't not, no, it's, I don't think it's... Life, it's not that people okay. don't care about I- Israel, but so there, there has been a history of support. Well, I mean, I, I'll try and maybe sum it up for you. Ireland has a history of being the small guy, and we tend to stand up for other small guys. This is a tiny, tiny strip of land. Are you saying to me that if the civilians won't or can't move, millions of them, that they're going to be wiped out because of the... You're talking, you're talking about the only Jewish states in the world that was established out of hundreds and thousands of years of persecution. Moving from one country... I understand that, and and I I respect that. We understand what it's like to be the underdog. We also understand that we need to protect ourselves. And this is our existence. And this is a fight for survival. And this is what we need the international community to separate and see the cynical abuse of Hamas, if not of Israel, if, if you don't care about the Israelis, and care about Palestinians in Gaza, the amount of equipment that Hamas has, why aren't you talking about that? They're depriving their own but, people of fuel, of medicine, of water. But, but everybody, uh, uh, listen, everybody that? in the political sphere in Ireland has condemned the attack 
Um, of, no, I'm not talking about condemning the of, of Hamas. The, the yes, Taoiseach has done it, the tarnished, even yes. this morning Simon Coveney has again said that you must abide by international law. Yes, we uh, are. Michal Martin has said, do not start the ground offensive, pause for now, call a ceasefire and see if you can talk and maybe even the With first hope. part of the talking would be to get your hostages back. Okay, if there's a ceasefire... What happens to us? Who protects us? Do you really believe this terror organization that after filming itself murdering and butchering our people are now saying, oh, maybe we didn't do it and the media believes it and they're sending wrong numbers, wrong information, depriving themselves from their population from aid is that the organization that you want us to believe? No, that's not the point I'm making. I mean, even the EU has condemned the Hamas attack on Israel. Um, we're, uh, uh, yes, there was a condemnation of the attacks. But right now, we need to talk about their continued accountability and responsibility. What is going on in Gaza right now, the tragedy the the need for water for medicine but it's about Hamas what worry what people are worried about is what will happen next the red cross in geneva have said that the instruction to hundreds of thousands or millions of people to leave their homes coupled with the siege denying them food water electricity that is not compatible with international humanitarian law and but, perhaps you so need to learn that lesson that this this is not the rules of war well these are we are acting within the world rules of war every target is being examined to make sure that there's minimum casualties as possible so this is not something that we take lightly we take this very seriously and obviously when when we're talking about the UN organization and they're they're concerned about Gaza where is their concern for 222 Israeli hostages in Gaza when there is aid, humanitarian no, aid? No, I mean, there is concern and, there, and it, is, it is very, very worrying for the families of all. Yes, but when but you look at a map and you see the size of Israel and then you look at a map and the same map and the tiny little speck that is Gaza um, and the power of Israel as a nation, the military force of Israel as a nation... There can only be one result here, and that is massive loss of life. We don't want this tragedy. We didn't want this war. We need the international community's help to end this by ending Hamas. Because right now we've been proven that even with that army that you mentioned, people are still out to kill every Jewish or Israeli person that they see. But it'll get worse, Ambassador. Jordan, like if you look at Iran is standing by watching, Lebanon is standing by watching. Let me correct you on that. Iran is not an innocent watcher. Iran has been uh, funding, training uh, these forces. That's what I'm saying. You've said it in a more direct way. But you're you're poking other countries now, Arab nations. We are not poking. We did not start this. When people, when Israel is invaded by over 1,500 terrorists coming to just inflict chaos, butchering, murdering our people, when constantly the rockets are being fired, when there is another front... But you you have a responsibility. This did not start on October 7th. There's been decades and decades and decades of trouble. 
much of which is on both sides, don't get me wrong, but do you not think that over the decades, of the last 50 or 60 years, that Israel has been responsible for at least some of why um, Palestine and small areas of Gaza are in such an awful state? I mentioned issues regarding um, food poverty, unemployment, um, the standard of living there because of this little place where they live is shocking. I mean, you know, it's, it's... Being pulled into that conversation right now is falling into the hands of Hamas because this has nothing to do with it. You're justifying in a way you're trying to explain their attack, which is unjustifiable. You can't explain it. You can't justify it. No, I'm not trying to justify it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to apportion responsibility, at least some responsibility to the Israeli state. But right now, this war that we are in, we are not responsible for starting it. We didn't want it. We don't want it. We don't want to see our people get hurt. We don't want to see the people of Gaza get hurt. But right now, what I'm missing in the Irish discussions about it is the, the responsibility of Hamas. If the pro-Palestinian demonstrators care about the Palestinian lives, and I believe they do, how come they don't call out to condemn Hamas? How come they don't carry Who, signs? I can give you, I can give you, oh, you're talking about the demonstrations, the pro-Palestinian demonstrations, but mm-hmm. from, from the point of view of government, of who you've been critical of, you've been critical of the president, Michael D. Higgins. You're not alone, incidentally. Some feel that his office shouldn't comment. But Eamon Ryan said, Ireland condemns Hamas and has full sympathy for the history of Israelis. But that doesn't mean you don't stand up for Palestinians at this time. So there you have the leaders of three different political parties in Ireland who have all condemned Hamas and all pleaded with Israel to pause. We, I mean, there is a condemnation of Hamas for the attacks. But what we need to do is continue, emphasize the responsibility for their situation. If nobody talks about the stockpiles, not just of rockets, but of humanitarian aid that Hamas holds and deprives its population, then yes, we are not doing justice to what is the reality on the ground. You can be pro-Palestinian, but somehow it got translated to being anti-Israel or anti-Israeli suffering or human life. And what we ask people is to see what happened and understand uh, the existential threat that we are in. And Hamas will not stop because it doesn't care about anything. It doesn't care about its own people. We care about the Palestinian people as much as you do. Help us. End it. Ambassador, thank you for taking the call this morning. Israeli Ambassador to Ireland, Dana Elric. After the break, I have Eamon Meehan from Sadaka, which is the Ireland-Palestinian Alliance. Back after these. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Many, many texts coming in there with regards to my conversation with the Ambassador, Israeli Ambassador to Ireland, uh, Dana Elric. It may well be the morning before I get to read them, but I am keen to hear from Eamon Meehan, who's the uh, chair of Sadaka Ireland-Palestinian Alliance. He joins me by phone. Eamon, good morning. Good morning, Neil. A broad question, a general question. Your reaction to what the uh, the ambassador had to say? Um, Well, first of all, just to say, I've been to Gaza on a number of occasions, so I know what it's like. I've seen the results of previous Israeli bombing campaigns on the people. Um, 
Look, the ambassador's job is to defend and protect the state of Israel, and that's what she does. Um, I would have to say that a number of the things that she said do not give an accurate reflection of the situation. Like? First of all, well, first of all, just to, to put it on the record at the start, attacking civilians, including Israeli civilians by Hamas, is a war crime. The taking of hostages is a war crime. Also, cutting off water, electricity, access of food and fuel to a beleaguered population of two million people is also a war crime. There's absolutely no question about that. It is written into the Geneva Convention. So why did Paddy Cosgrove, why did Paddy Cosgrove, I know it's off topic, why did Paddy Cosgrove, Cosgrove retire from his own company when he said war crimes are war crimes even when committed by allies? Well, yeah, there, look, one war crime should not lead to another one. That, that is not a defence. And one of the elements of the last few weeks that we've seen is, especially coming from the US, is a shutting down of any voices uh, that are pro-Palestinian, particularly in the US, or that have, have links to the US. Yeah. I, you, you gave a lot of figures there. One figure that you didn't mention, which I think is important, is that almost half of all homes in Gaza have either been destroyed forgive or me. damaged. Yeah, 42% was the figure I got last night. Forgive me, I overlooked yeah. that point. So, yeah. yeah, no, no, it's, it's fine. But look, this is an ongoing situation. Also, more children have and been killed in Gaza than Ukraine is another interesting stat. Yeah, it's at this stage, according to the UN figures, and these are UN figures, uh, the UN produces a daily report every evening, and uh, it is now... Last night's report was something like 1,870 Palestinian children dead in Gaza since the 8th of October. Now, I, you were saying earlier about the flooding around the Middleton area. You know, people are saying, are my children safe? Well, can you imagine parents, mothers in Gaza now? Are my children safe? The answer is no. Nobody is safe. No child, no mother, no woman, no man, no disabled person, no person in a hospital, nobody who needs water. The other thing about water in, in Gaza, the aquifer that the ambassador referred to is completely saline at this stage. It has been overused. It is full of sewage. Seawater is flooding into it. The people of Gaza, even before this war started, their access to water was very limited. Do you clearly wouldn't accept that Hamas brought blew up water supplies, would you know? I have no idea. I'm not in any way here to defend Hamas, and I have I have I have no idea. But what I do know, and what I've seen myself, is that access to water for Palestinians in Gaza before the eighth of October was very limited. Much of the water is dirty. Um, it has to be boiled. Uh, it is already the cause of disease. And one of the things the UN is now afraid of is that there is going to be a massive spread of disease within Gaza. This is collective punishment. It is not... Your listeners can Google the Geneva Convention's collective punishment and you will see there the list of things that are not allowed under international law. Mm. The International Criminal Court has already opened an investigation into Israel and Hamas on war crimes committed since 2014. Investigators from the International Criminal Court need to be given access to to Palestine, including Gaza and Israel, now. And the Irish government needs to put pressure on our European colleagues and on Israel and the US to allow that. That is the only way in which responsibility for these crimes can be allocated. Those investigators need to be allowed in. 
one but you did but you did but you are acknowledging when you use the term of international law or you've used the term yeah. war crimes on both yeah. sides on behalf of the Israelis and Hamas yes that's right in looking at it from the outside without the benefit of being there and gathering intelligence and information it seems to me quite clear that war crimes have been committed in the last two weeks starting on the 7th of October okay and what what do I just just want to stay with that but because I was reading last night that more and more Palestinians actually are quite unhappy with Gaz with um, with Hamas in fact their popularity is waning is is that true that they that they're becoming fodder for the cannons and they don't even support the organization that's at war with Israel yeah that is true I I, I was in Israel and Palestine uh, late last year and I must say you know Palestinians don't necessarily support Hamas and they don't necessarily either support the Palestinian Authority they are in despair is the only way to describe it and we forget about the West Bank you know and the ambassador said you know we we don't want this war okay fair enough we care about the Palestinian people if that was the case they wouldn't have planted 750,000 settlers on Palestinian land. They wouldn't be constantly expelling Palestinians from East Jerusalem, constantly demolishing homes, and and keep the people of Gaza blockaded within that little strip of land. I I know time is running out, could I just say one thing that is really important? You, You said this didn't start on the 7th of October. I've that written down here on my notes before I came on this program. That is absolutely the case. This is the result, the result, the endless resu- the result of 75 years of neglect of the Palestinian people. We need now an honest peace process which has integrity and which will work to deliver a just solution for the Palestinian people. That is the only way. But, to but the ambassador said on behalf of Israel, internationally, Israel. help us in our fight against Hamas, well, not Palestinians. Uh, sorry, she said, help us in the war with Hamas? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the Americans are delivering all kinds of extra weaponry to Israel now to help them. Uh, Joe Biden is looking for billions from, from Congress to buy more weapons. Uh, and at the same time, they're giving a small amount of money to uh, humanitarian assistance. But the most important thing is, this is a cycle. It will continue. It will be repeated time after time. It will escalate. few years until it will escalate and it will become a regional conflagration. There needs to be a peace process which which has integrity at its heart and which will give a state to the Palestinians. And the US really is the power broker here. And they have the authority and the ability to say to Israel, now you must allow the Palestinians their own state. And why Israel do you, has look, never wanted that? Okay, uh, as in two states living side by side. But wh- just finally, I why, do. why, why do you think there is so much support um, and love of Palestinians in Ireland? And it has been for many, many years. Uh, we had many demonstrations well, of the. What's that rooted yeah. in? I think it's rooted in that sense of a grave injustice. We can see it. You know, you're you're dispossessed, you're pushed out into the margins, isolated, um, surrounded by barbed wire, concrete and people with guns. Settlers come along who are armed and who steal your land, kill your friends and family and, and your animals. And I think it is that historic memory that we have 
until such time as we got our own nation. That is what Palestinians want. And I would say to the ambassador and to Israelis that peace is essential and it is the only way in which Israelis and Palestinians will ever have a future free of wars like this. I know it's a difficult message for Israelis, but I believe absolutely and without any doubt that that is the only way that this will ever be resolved. Otherwise, it's a constant cycle of war and conflict and civilian death. Thanks for taking the call, Eamon. I do appreciate it. You are right. I'm out of time for this morning. That's Eamon Meehan, the uh, chairperson of Sadaka, Ireland Palestinian Alliance. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. You can always text, and people are text 0868104106. Feel free to email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.